11 o'clock comics episode 46 This is the part where we talk and Mumu yes. gets pissed off because he can't understand what we're saying. So, every, every so Thursday. Should we talk about Alan really piss him off? So he's like, what are they saying about him? What are they saying about him? <laughs> so every, every Thursday morning, waiting on our way to work, I'll generally tell Renee what we talked about the night before. And so, last week, I was talking about how... Really, seriously, but I, you know, she's trapped in a car with me, so what else is she going to do except jump out and roll? And so we're, we're, and So we're... I'm telling her how last week we were picking on Vince. She's like, don't pick on Vince. So I says, well, what about when we pick on Chris? Don't pick on Chris. What about when we pick on Jason? She says, don't pick on Jason. Well, what about when they pick on me? She says, well, you shouldn't open your mouth. So it's like, I just can't fucking win, man. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> I love Renee. Oh, oh, oh well, love- we got, I think we've got a new fourth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, she's got the drinking down, so. That's Actually, she, 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 she stole the last of my maker's mark tonight. Her taste in men, though, I don't know. I don't hey, know. Hey, you know, once you go, Jew. Welcome, everybody, to 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm Warren Buffett. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're Jason Tardy Wood. Yeah, uh, Tardy. That's okay. Yeah, well, it's, not, it's, it's not fucking uh, 11.08 Comics. Hey, no, it's it's dog got a poop comics. Been talking to you, buddy. I haven't seen you in like oh, I don't know a week or so. Let's How you doing, Mister Wood? All right, man. Yeah. I miss you on the. Forum. Did you know we have a forum? Did you know that? Hey, he he was on hey, today. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I know. I know. That's why I figured I could give him some shit because he was actually. I was there. Purpose. I was. You know, yeah. Um, uh, we threw some good good barbs your way this week, Wood. <laughs> oh, great, great. I appreciate yeah. that so yeah, much. You haven't 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 listened yet. Oh, uh, you mean the? Oh, I thought you meant the one that's upcoming. Yeah, I did listen yeah. to one. You, you talk, okay. guys talked a lot of numbers this week. I was, uh, I was quietly impressed. Oh yeah, with uh, with Josh Elder. Yeah, Elder's yeah. a great guest. Yeah. He was yeah, fapping. Elder was dropping science. Yeah, he's great. He's he's really one of those incredible smart guys. Yeah, he's a little off in his view of the uh, the comic reading netbook uh, Kindle whole thing. I think, but. But I, he he still was a very very cool dude and had a lot a lot of interesting things to say. You got it. You got it. You know, while he yeah. was on the subject of the forum, I just want to say one thing. 
I would like to personally apologize to Frankie the Dildonator for the horrible, <laughs> horrible atrocities we've committed in his name today on the phone. Oh, well, that, was that is an awesome story. Right. That brightened up my day. Brightened form, up my day, I'll tell you. Yeah, big time. Uh, form yeah, that bullpen bulletins podcast. Shut up, you. Form that bullpen bulletins podcast.com. Go, David. I was just saying, I, I, <laughs> I chuckled mightily at work. You know, people kept looking at me. I mean, a little more frontally than they usually do. So, I, I was having a, I was having a great time until you put the picture of the retards up. Then I just, <laughs> I, I just lost it. And then I, I scolded David a little bit because we, yeah. you know, we don't want to be considered inconsiderate. Uh, mm -hmm. Inconsiderate. So considered inconsiderate. Any, considered inconsiderate. Yeah, I mean I that. I don't, I don't know why, David, but that fucking picture, that seal. <laughs> Well, it sounds that's exactly what Vince said at New York Comic Con when Marty and him were snuggling in bed together. <laughs> <laughs> my leg. And he had those big seal eyes. It was like I was looking at Vince today. <laughs> I'm glad we're all lubed up and ready for this. Oh, Sal Sal came into my office today. He's like, I'm just posting shit for no reason. That thread's hilarious. So he was getting into it, too. And tell, make but, sure you tell Sal that I I am, and, and David and everybody else are very grateful that he jumped in on that, too, because oh, was, I, I love to see Sal let loose. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. definitely. You know, Sal, Sal's, been, uh, Sal's been downright um, chipper this week. Cool. Of course, he's got a Kindle. What's not to be, what's not to be yeah. happy about? He's very happy about that, and I think uh, you know springtime is finally starting to show its 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 first uh, its huh. uh, its first it's days buds. here in in Chicago. So it's uh, yeah, it's like it's uh, it's actually kind of nice, and it's you can tell people are people are just kind of starting to get in better moods around here. We're expecting like sixty four degrees on Friday. Cool. Nice. Wow, Chris, you know what comes after spring? Um, summer, and you know what comes after summer? Fall, and you know what fall is? Windy City Comic Con. Wow, <laughs> you're a master, PT Barnum. Be like damned. Like that? I like that. Like that. I, like, well. right. I was like, I think I know where he's going. Go wood, go wood, go wood. <laughs> should, hey, should we uh, should we get the uh, the drink roll call? Adam? Yes, because I am I, I'm loaded with stuff to talk about oh, this I'm week. I'm oh, okay. brimming with information. Nice. Well, Vince, I almost forgot. I almost, I almost forgot you last week. Um, you you saved right. me on that. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go first this week. Black and tan, Yingling, love it. Next. Nice. Um, uh, Tim Rackerich, uh, Freaky Tiki, sent me an email like the next day whenever I was complaining about not being able to try Yingling, and there apparently is a bar in Chicago that uh, is a pittsburgh themed bar or has pittsburgh ties and they uh they ship in yingling so i'm going to go and have my first yingling sometime this weekend wow excellent yeah. i would so, i would bring up another pair of drawers because you might cream your pants after you taste it yeah good you know I've, I've, ta I've, I've talked to it's other the people Scott pilgrim of beers i've talked i've hey talked now. to no. you know, <laughs> You know, I talked to other people that I won't mention, Tom Caters, and he said that <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's no spotted cow. So well, It must be really expensive on his planet, then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys got to come to the Midwest and get some spotted cow. But uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Wood, what are, you, what are you sipping on this evening? Uh, I am sipping on a delicious Guinness draft. Nice. Yeah, I felt like some good old school... So really? I did a little 
So there yep. you go. You, you like that out of can or bottle? I prefer the bottle, but uh-huh. in this case, I'm drinking out of the can. And I will give the can a little bit of credit, as I'm sure you know. But for those that don't drink Guinness, it's a pretty cool can because it's a long neck. And it's got a little uh, nitrous uh, cartridge in it which is what keeps it from foaming up when you open it. It's very, very cool. It's uh, it's well-designed. It's an engineering feat, but I prefer the bottle. Yeah, I have trouble drinking Guinness unless it's um, um, tap. Well, of course, it should be off of a draft so yeah. that they can yeah. put a proper head on it, but, you know, I don't have, <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. I'm at home, you know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yep. I hear you. I, I'd rather, you know, honestly, I would, I would rather drink like a... Um, uh, bottled porter instead of Look at these two giggling because I said put a proper head on it. I know. 12 I years know. old. Beavis and Bayat. All right, Beavis. Beavis Price, what are you drinking? Beavis Price. I was like, Jesus Christ. He was a Jew. He was. What do you call him? Jew, Beavis Price. It's a screwdriver. It's nice. All right. Nice. Nice. Is it the white yellow screwdriver? I uh, know it's it's a little bit more orange than than it was last week. Right, save us, and Chris, I, from our mediocrity. I am uh, I am I have found a wonderful new beer. It is a dogfish head, um, reason d'etre, and I'm terrible with French. So um, it basically means uh, reason for living is uh, your wife's is the trans- Yeah, my my wife translated for me because she knows. I know. <laughs> nice. Here, how do you say it? What does it say? <laughs> oh, she's schooling him. She's putting a head on it. There you go. <laughs> thank you, baby. Um, Twist it. I know. That, thank you, thank you, sweetheart. Uh, anyway, this is by uh, Dogfish Head Breweries, and it is a deep mahogany ale brewed with Belgian beet sugars, green raisins, and a sense wow. of perfume. And That's it, fantastic. It is really good. And, uh, yeah, I uh, found it at, uh, at Andy's Fruit Ranch this week when I was grocery shopping. I was like, that looks that looks interesting. And, uh, and yeah, it is it is good. I may have two or three of them this evening. That does sound really tasty. Puts my beer to shame, I would think. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. All right. right there, I'm done. Okay. Nice. Be- before we jump into this, I have a proposition for a new little segment on our show really yes and i think it's going to be really cool because i don't know about chris and wood but i know for a fact that my boy david loves the fanzines as mm. much as, as much as i do and and this week i was trolling the ebay looking for a copy of spawn number one i want to bind my spawns i can't find my number one so i got, I got like 10 of them you, <laughs> you know well i had to buy a lot for like 15 bucks with other image issues in it just to get that but it was like 15 bucks and no shipping so for 25 bucks i don't care you need a young blood number one no i have i mine still has the coupon in it oh i still got got the rock number ones because i have about eight of them (laughs) no so i'm 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 on the ebay looking for the spawns and i came across an auction for six issues of the comic reader one of my favorite fanzines of all time and they came today, and there are a nice, uh, a great little uh, snippets of information in these things. So I thought, and, and this was um, rolling off one of David's ideas. Remember when he read that uh, snippet from the John Byrne Comics Journal? 
That was awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Why don't we do something called fanzine flashback, where every once in a while we'll pick up an old fanzine, read a little bit from it, just to get an idea of what comics were like. In this case, 1979. So I'm going back a little wise. Hey, hey um, um, Vince. Yeah. Just because I know that we have some younger fans out there, <laughs> it's not fans of the show, um, but some younger listeners, mm-hmm. can you explain what a fanzine is? Okay. Well, a fanzine is a fan-produced magazine, which is kind of a misnomer because a lot of these things, especially like the Comics Journal, they're pretty slick publications from the from the get-go. The Comics Journal started as the uh, Nostalgia Journal, right, David? And it was kind of a low-end news- yeah. newspaper-y type thing, but once they changed the name to the Comics Journal, it it looked like a professionally produced magazine because that's what it was. But essentially, it they're created for the love of whatever subject matter the fanzine focuses on, in this case, comic books. And back in the day early 70s from when I was a kid that's all we had was fanzines we didn't have this fancy internet thing where you can get news and and commentary on comic books in in the blink of an eye we had to wait each month for the new fanzines to come out and that's where we got our information and the comics reader comic reader is was basically nothing more than a listing of the comics that were going to be come out coming out from marvel dc whatever independence existed at the time maybe an interview or two and then in the back they would have comic strip reprints of uh star hawks by gil kane and ron goulart and uh geez what else was in here let's see the seekers by jm burns um, I know they did the Howard the Duck strip when it was coming out uh, by Gene Colan and Steve Gerber. But um, that's essentially what a fanzine is, a fan-produced magazine. Al- now, Alter this- Ego started out, was is oh, really yeah, one of the right mm-hmm. yeah, last remaining uh, Yeah, Paul Levitz has uh, just stopped his fanzine, right? He, this this month, he just, he just ended it. After, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was in Rich Johnson's column a week or two ago oh. that Levitz just hung up. The uh, whatever I don't the name escapes me, but it, I, uh, maybe you guys remember it. But and and some of the great fanzines: the Comic Reader, the Comics Journal, Comics Buyer's Guide. Yeah, the the guide to comics fandom originally, right? Yeah, and um, Rocket's Blast and the Comic Collector, which is my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, what else? There, there's there's a ton of them. Comic Scene, Comic Scene, Amazing Heroes. Uh, right, this, can't um, forget Amazing Heroes. Oh, uh, Comics Interview, David Comic- A. Crafts. Uh, right, Comics Interview. And it's just whenever I I uh, see a, a fanzine for sale, I mean I have a ton of them, but whenever I see it for sale on eBay, I, I can't help myself but buying it because it's like a window into my childhood when I when I go into these magazines because they'll they'll reproduce tons of covers and in this case what I'm going to read to you right now information a lot of which I didn't know back then and I really didn't have the uh, need to know as a kid about the the inner workings of comics but listen to this this is pretty cool this is from um, comic reader number 174 from November 1979 Marvel News Marvel has restructured the entire editorial department and reassigned nearly everything as staff changes and resignations have necessitated. The changes include Marv Wolfman has left Marvel to work for DC, although he will continue at Marvel until his contract expires at the end of the year. 
The resignation stemmed from Marvel's desire that he relinquish his writer-editor status and work under the new system that parallels DC's, in which no writer may edit his own work, <laughs> with Roy Thomas and Archie Goodwin being the exceptions. His, mm. books, his books have been redistributed as listed below. And then, you know, Denny O'Neill has left DC to become an editor for Marvel. Since this is in itself a full-time job, Denny will not be writing any strips on a regular basis at this time. Due to dissatisfaction with their working relationship, managing editor Jim Shooter has relieved Richard Marshall of his editing duties on Epic Illustrated and the Marvel Super Specials. Marshall will, will continue to contribute to that magazine and others on a freelance basis as contributing editor. Archie Goodwin is the new editor for both Epic and the Specials. Larry Hama replaces Paul Lakin as editor of Crazy. Jim Salakrup has been made a full editor while Bob Budiansky has been named his assistant. This is just so cool. I love it. But here's the thing that got me. I had no idea this ever happened. Fantastic Four was to be taken over by Archie Goodwin, but since the epic switch, someone else will do it. Now, how cool would it have been for to have Archie Goodwin on the Fantastic Four for a, an extended run? Be for more than four issues. Yeah, he did um, in 1971. He did what four issues? I think it was 115 to 118, and then he did one in in 76. But Archie had never been on the Fantastic Four for an extended period of time. Iron Man, yeah, but. To, to have a writer like that on Fantastic Four would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was um, not, not to be. How long was how long was Denny O'Neill an editor over at Marvel? Mm. I don't think very long, was he? I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to think what he even edited there. Uh, he did some, some, mag- some X-Men stuff, maybe? Mm-hmm. Mm. There was what was the what was the black and white Marvel magazine? I got it. Oh, there was a ton of them. Oh goodness gracious! Um, Bizarre Adventures. That's okay. One. Yeah. He. Um, oh yeah. He did some stuff for Bizarre Adventures because he he wrote the introduction to it, and which has some of uh, my favorite Gene Colan artwork in it. It's the one with the the X Men on the cover. I think it's Iceman, Phoenix, and Nightcrawler, and there are three great stories in there and uh, uh, some Gene Colan art and I think some John Buscema stuff but yeah I remember uh, Denny O'Neill was the editor on that but I always think of him uh, as the editor for Batman that's what is how I will always think of him mm. and uh, proof positive that comics have a history of tardiness from number 168 of Comic Reader from May 1979 Get this. The annual schedule has been altered considerably as releases originally slated to appear next month have been pushed back as far as September. Marvel 2-in-1, Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Tarzan, Incredible Hulk, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Thor, John Carter, Conan, and Marvel Team-Up annuals were all late. So so it's not something new. Morrison was right way back then? Shove it. Delayed... Also, all the, 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 fan, the fanzine letters were going crazy. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> this, this is poor this. postman. Delayed also were two other comics found out about too late to enter this month's coming comics list. Tomb of Dracula number 70 was delayed until May 15th, and Marvel Fun and Games, which nobody cares about, was delayed too. 
I mean, you know what you're getting at, though? This is proving a point that a lot of people have made, which is it's not that comics are worse now in, in, in almost any way. It's just that we fans, because of the Internet, have this voice and we overwhelm ourselves with the noise. I, yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, all, all prices being higher than expected, delays, artists leaving books when they're not expected, editorial changes to the story. Yeah. All the, the stuff news, The news just gets to us that much quicker. Like, mm-hmm. instead of waiting a month for the next comics reader, we find out the next day on CBR. Well, heck, yeah. we know about it months before they even come out, so we get to bitch about it before the books even come Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I think that there's a lot more attention put to not just creative teams, but who's editing a book and, you know, what. Yeah, it's. Yeah, when I was growing up, I could give. I just wanted my comics. Two shits of, about who edited it, you know, much less, you know, really until Burn Claremont. I, I really didn't care about who the creative teams were. Yeah, that's why I didn't retain a lot of this information mm-hmm. back in the day. Because as a kid, the characters were everything. You didn't need to know, aside from Jack Kirby standing out from the pack. He, I mean, he was the one that I noticed immediately. No, I'm, I'm not being... I know. No, uh, I, I didn't really pick up on the creators until I noticed how different Jack was, and then I started paying attention to the other guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, listen to this. Marvel is negotiating for the rights to yet another Japanese toy robot, Rom. Bill Mantlo. <laughs> there's a surprising element nice. to this. Bill Mantlo is working up the plot proposal with John Romita Jr. doing the preliminary sketches. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from 1979. I just. I looked at that and I said, no shit. But here, here's the main thing I wanted to read, and this is a little bit of science. This is going to benefit everybody because we'll be able to back up our comics talk with a little bit of hard info. Listen to this. You may have been hearing about color striping, the practice up until now done by the distributors of marking the tops of comics with colored paint. I'm sure he means ink, to show the wholesalers how long to keep a comic on the shelf. Beginning next month, all the comics printed at Sparta will be coated with a one-inch color stripe across the top of every comic with five rotating colors. The practice could lengthen the shelf life more than the removal of cover dates, which causes problems for consumers in states where sales tax is applied to children's books but not to magazines appearing more than quarterly. Cashiers refer to the cover dates or bi-weekly distribution. That's a weird sentence. Gold Key, however, may not go along with the practice since one week of their month is used to redistribute returned comics, and this would be nullified by the striping. That is neat. Uh, For the last two months, the Comics Magazine Association of America has required the submission of the actual artwork and not photographic copies for approval, since many instances of differences which may not have passed between the comic between the copies and the printed pages have occurred. On occasion, Xeroxes of pencils have been submitted and then changed significantly simply because there wasn't enough time to have them approved before deadline. The code authority finally put their foot down and now the companies must contend with another delay. So they actually had to submit the physical comics pages to the, to the CCA for approval. Can, can you imagine if they had to do that today? <laughs> We wouldn't get anything. Yeah. I mean, how many comics these days in the stands even 
go through the, co- the comic authority now, though. Um, I th- I always thought it was implied after uh, whatever year, after they stopped using the stamp, wasn't it always implied that these things kind of conform to some kind of See, I don't, code? I, don't uh, I think after Marvel stopped bothering with their code is when they started to self-rate their own books. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they instituted their own code. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. So next to the barcodes, you'll see rated A or T plus, and and um, and it's not a knock, but like I'll read like Batman, the the, the Kevin Smith miniseries, and uh, and Joker's talking about getting raped, and it's like it, it, there's nothing on there that says you know intended for any sort of audience. So someone sees, hey, look, it's a Batman comic book, and yeah. not exactly for all ages. Always got to dig at the distinguished competition. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't mind the ranking. Someone, someone rating their their books. I wish <laughs> raping their books or rating their books. Rating. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more thing, and then I'm going to shut up, and you can you guys could talk. On the back cover of this issue, there is a drawing by by Cockrum, and talk about politically incorrect. It's a pastiche of a Marvel Comics cover for Godzilla, but it's Godzilla Master of Kung Fu. And it's a it's a drawing of Godzilla kicking a building over and Shang Chi's at the bottom of the image and he says, Oh okay, flog face, I teach you to swipe my rogo. Come down and fight like a man, you ugly green wizard. And the name of the comics group is called Malver Comics Group, right in, right across the top. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to scan this and, yes. and put it on the. It is hysterical, but there's no way in hell this would fly today. That is wrong. And it's Cockrum. It's a really good drawing. And it's this Malver Comics Group. Oh, there you go. All right, I'm done for a little while. I'm done hogging the microphone. Well done, though. That's that's nice. Uh, you know what, Vince? You you always you bring the creative to the show. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I didn't see I, that part coming. And anybody who listens and that is a fan of these types of uh, periodicals and have some interesting information to pass on, email me. What is it, David? Vince at bullpenbulletinspodcast.com? Bingo. Or email David at or Chris at any, any one of us or PM us on the forums and send the information along or send me in a direction where I can get it and we'll read it on the show because comics knowledge should not be wasted. It's our history, man. That's right. I, I think like that the, the the fans are they pretty much are they pretty much done at this point? Yeah, well, amazing CBG's heroes tried to come back. Yeah, but see, Comics Buyer's Guide. As much as I mean, I still subscribe to it. I love it. It's it's a monthly magazine format now, and unfortunately, they have a price guide. And and I say unfortunately because it takes space that right. Maggie or Bo Smith or or Andrew Smith, anybody that writes for the magazine could be using that space, and I'm not a big have, fan of price having, guides. Having, anyway. having, having a paper price guide is stupid at this point. There's yeah, no reason I, to have it. And 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 it, you know they they have a they have a section for for uh, CGC graded books, but I. I I get the magazine for Peter David, for Tony Isabella, for Maggie Thompson, for the letters pages, and I don't. It's it's it still feels like CBG, but it's not 
the newspaper that we were reading in the 80s. Yeah, not without Don Rosa, it's not CBG to me. <laughs> and but it, it's, it, I mean, it's it's really the it's really the blogs and the and the news yeah. sites and podcasts yeah. and 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 that kind of stuff that have really really become the new fanzines. It's and I think you know not to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, it's not my intention, but I think that podcasts have really um, become a the new fanzines in a lot of We're ways. audio fanzines, you're right. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a technology. It's there. I mean, yeah. we, we, we do this once a week, whereas even if, I mean, like all the news that Vince just read from that magazine from the 70s, that might have been hot off the presses, and someone who was reading that, the news the news was already hours, days, or weeks old before it got to the magazine. Then the magazine gets published, then it gets to the people reading it. So who knows really how old that news is, whereas here, we know within 24 hours of something happening. So it's just it's just the way the technology has, has, has progressed and moved with us. So, yeah, I mean, I I was kind of happy when I saw back in the, um, I want to say the late 90s, is, is around, I think, uh, no, even later than that, because I think Shooter had left Define at this point, and he was starting Broadway, and I think Amazing Heroes was going to make a comeback, but orders for that first issue were canceled because I don't think they met their expectations but uh i i ordered it just because it's amazing heroes but i didn't have high hopes because i didn't know to me amazing heroes they their prime was years ago and and their their year in preview books and their swimsuit specials and all that other stuff i ate all that stuff up with a spoon (laughs) but that that was you know it's time it's passed so now, yeah, now it's the internet, now it's the blogs, now it's the podcasts. And as much as the inter- internet has made our lives easier, it's destroyed a lot of good things. Bunch well, of li- oh, oh, oh. No, it has. It Welcome really has. 11 o'clock Luddites. No, yeah. really. I mean, it, it, it destroyed the fanzines. It knocked the circulation of comics. One of the factors of knocking the circulation of comics down. Is that it, the publishers are fucking stupid? No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> On you know, that I, note, I gotta go get you, beer. I'll be right back. All right, and you and you can't say that the music and film industries have not suffered because of and the existence of they, the internet. They, they they've been slow to adapt. It's I got into this argument. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I, last week on AC is that when did innovation and and progress? When was that ever a bad thing? And yeah, who exactly. is it a bad thing for? It is a bad thing for the people that are resistant to change. Right. So now now I'm going to leave that argument open-ended. I'm going to go get a beer. Okay, but I it's don't like think open, there's like, ever like been... Open, printing presses, I mean, uh, put uh, calligraphers out of business, right? But, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the price of progress. Again, like everything else, as things change now, everyone has a voice, so it becomes such... You know, I, the one thing I'm, I'm overwhelmed with these days... Uh, in, in all walks of life is is our because we get so much news in so many ways so quickly now we all struggle so much to overemphasize the importance of every little thing right. you know athletes today have the are the greatest they've ever been it was the greatest performance ever the most courageous performance books are the you know the best novel ever written or you know the worst piece of crap i've ever read and it's it's just it's human nature, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I think it's part of this generation, but it's human nature to just overstate the significance of things in the grand scheme of human history. And I, I genuinely think that the things that we're seeing now are just the natural progression of things. I mean, technology, uh, the, the gains we're getting, I, to your point, Vince, the gains we're getting 
from the advancements of the Internet far overwhelm the negatives. But there are always inherently going to be things that are lost as a transition happens. And I'm not disputing that right. from a nostalgic purpose there are things lost. But, but again, I, I just think – I always hesitate to overstate uh, the death of, of, of things like this. I mean – um, you know, there were articles this week about Blockbuster perhaps being uh, seeking bankruptcy protection, and, uh, and and Netflix is now the de facto standard. But you know, to me, that's that's progress. That's that's the world speaking to the fact that they built a better mousetrap, right? And I that mean, Blockbuster is too freaking expensive. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But I'm saying again, that's progress, right? So I, you know, I I um I, I get what you're saying, but I just yeah. uh, I I don't want to overstate, you know, like with the newspapers. I do I I think it's very sad that newspapers like. Um, with the Rocky, uh, what is it, the Rocky Mountain, um, are going out of business after 100-plus years. I, I generally think they're, that's a shame that they couldn't uh, alter their business model. But to be fair, it's not like they or the music industry woke up one day and it was just different, right? I mean, how many years were people downloading music uh, illegally and people were saying all across the nation, give me a chance to do this legally and I will, and they just kept fighting it. And they kept, you know, they hired the RIAA and just started suing people left and right and just created bad press until it became such a ubiquitous thing that it was too late. The genie was out of the bottle. And so, sure, they've helped stop the bleeding with iTunes. But really, let's be honest, iTunes has made Apple a tremendous amount of money. But it hasn't stopped the overall decline of the music industry. I think they could have if they adopted it four years before they did. Yeah, and if they instituted a new pricing structure, like the comic books uh, companies should have done, Mm -hmm. when, when something comes along that makes stealing your product easy to the point where people don't even think twice about it, you yeah. need to adjust your pricing structure to compensate. And it's not up, it's down. If I, if, I can, if I can drive to Best Buy and pick up a CD for less than 10 bucks, I'm not going to pirate it because it's, it takes me more time and effort and material to pirate it than it does to just go buy the damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't know. Let's let's. Well, I just, let's, you got something about comics to talk about? Yes, I do. I, well, Good. it's actually it's it piggybacks <laughs> off of your off of your little uh, historical anecdote. All right. Uh, the Paul Levitz thing. I, I had it a little bit wrong here, so I want to clarify. Um, I read this, and uh, now I, I found on the web here. It's it's uh, Paul Levitz uh, was actually, and, and this may interest you. I didn't know this was actually the editor of the Comic Reader from uh, nineteen October nineteen seventy one. Uh, through uh, September 1973, and there was a blog post on on um, uh, let's see, it's uh, failing better. Paul of us is retired. Uh, it's Scott Edelman's blog, scottedelman.livejournal.com, and it says that uh, he posts uh, much like you did. He posts the the it was issue number 100 of Comic Reader, where Levitz uh, writes a letter explaining that he's giving up the editorial job because. He's attending classes at NYU and has started to work as an intern at DC Comics for three days a week. Nice. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I hope he makes something of himself with that. <laughs> I have another, go places. another point of clarification that someone was kind enough to post on our Libsyn blog page. In oh. between, in between uh, comments of penis size and cheap medication, <laughs> uh, Tyler Chin... Mine. <laughs> Tyler Chin Tanner says that in your discussion on Marvel's greatest comics, you brought up Hulk 181, and Chris was saying Wolverine was only in one panel. That yeah, is not 
that is not true. It Hulk was Hulk 180. Hulk, right. It was yeah. it was Hulk 180 where Wolverine appeared only in the last page. Hulk 181 was Wolverine Wolverine's first appearance. Just thought I'd clear that up, and I love the podcast. Thanks. So thank you, Tyler Chin Tanner. Right. I knew that, but I didn't. I didn't want to yep. embarrass Chris on the show last week. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks Ty- to Tyler for doing it. Tyler, um, thanks for pointing uh, pointing that out. I appreciate it. Um, you drink a six pack and have a coherent. Very <laughs> 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 um, nice. And what I was thinking, where I was where I was mixed up, is that technically the first appearance of Wolverine is one eighty, not yes. one eighty one. So that's what I was thinking. That's not what came out of my mouth. Right, um, because he what is. What really way. means right now is suck my balls. That's what he's really thinking. No, <laughs> no, because I wouldn't tell um, a continuity nerd to to suck it. That wouldn't be very nice. No, no Scott no, Pilgrim fans, on the other hand, Scott oh, Pilgrim fans, on the other hand, yeah, they're all three feet of them. This lost half of our listeners. Oh yeah, when it, did you see that on the? Was that on the forum? Whenever I, whenever I, yeah, whenever I said uh, I was I was getting getting angry, I was going to have to start uh, uh, kicking the crap out of Scott Pilgrim fans, and mm-hmm. Ben said, "Well, you better wear shin guards." <laughs> <laughs> Fiercely loyal to that book, aren't they? Yes, they are. And, yeah. and and as I'll repeat again, I like Scott Pilgrim. I've read it. I, I enjoy it. I just don't think it is. It's it's no Watchmen. You hate Scott Pilgrim. This is Daryl. What the fuck is going on with some of these Marvel books? Thor was a hundred, five hundred fucking dollars. And all I wanted was the main story. I get all this extra shit in the back. I don't even want a reprint. And you do the new Avengers book, number 50. On the cover it has the new Avengers fighting the Dark Avengers. You read the fucking book, you don't even get that. What the hell is up with that? The fucking lie. Just oh, fuck it. Fuck it. Hey, I'm down again. It's a fucked up snowy day in New York. Just got finished shoveling piles of snow. Back hurt. Arms hurt. But the one soothing thing that I can do is watch The Dark Knight again. I can still watch this fucking movie over and over again. I mean, and it's still enjoy it. I can't watch Iron Man again. I'm tired of watching that movie, even though I loved it. The Hulk was cool. I can only watch it so many times, but I can still sit and watch The Dark Knight again. This is just an awesome fucking movie. I mean, I didn't mind the voice. The voice didn't get crazy with the Batman voice. I know everybody hates the Batman voice, but it didn't bother me. I mean, it's it's a good detective story. It's just, damn, it's just amazing how this movie is so fucking good. And I think I can only do a good Batman book to match this. Back to basics. Just Batman being Batman fighting crime. Oh, crazy shit. Oh, well. Later. Oh, oh. Um, no, I, I 
actually, I, I enjoy. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm going to the midnight showing tomorrow. By the way, are you, you are really? Jones. Oh, yeah, it's, me too. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's this the- This brand new theater out here in the Chicago area. It's actually Rosemont, out by the convention center, and uh, it's called Movie Co. And it's like I guess like big leather seats with your own armrest, and you can order beer, and it's it's like luxury movie stuff. And uh, the guys over at Challengers Comics uh, basically rented out the balcony, and and. Uh, we bought tickets and, and are going. I'm I'm excited about it. So it's going to be. Well, what, happen, what happens this weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> huh? Never mind. What do you, you guys think? What do you welcome think? To, welcome, welcome to our new segment, figuring out David. <laughs> oh. oh, you mean what have? Oh, box office wise, you mean? Yes. Never mind. It's all right. <laughs> I Moving right along. I think Watchmen is going to box office wise be somewhere in between Iron Man and Dark Knight. I don't think it's going to do 750 million worldwide at the box office, but I mm-hmm. think it's going to do somewhere in the like 5 to 6 range. I think it's going to be incredibly successful. I say 65 million for the weekend. That's right about the estimates actually. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, it's, but are you guys? You know, it's it's hard. You know, you don't want to judge something before it comes out. But what's your feeling going into it? Are you expecting it to be um, satisfying for you guys as as fans mm. of the of the book, fans of you know, hopefully um, Zack Snyder? Well, you know, I like like all of us. I watched the the uh, trailer. I think the trailer looks great. And what really cemented my enthusiasm to see it was Pat Loika saying that it was good. Because if Pat says it's good, then he's he's the biggest diehard uh, comics fan that I know. If if he liked it, I'm gonna probably like it. Well, they uh, was it was uh, that a lame ass answer? Or, uh, no, I, no, no. I trust uh, in Pat. Um, David Wood. Go ahead. Were we not supposed to say that Pat saw it? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, <laughs> he posted it. So yeah, there's a bunch um, of that shit. Half the I'm fucking optimistic. free world has seen it. How many screeners have been out there? I feel like I'm the last person to 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 go see it tomorrow. No, I, I will be because I probably won't see it till it gets the DVD. You, I oh, can't see it till Saturday. Zack Snyder said the DVD, like the director's cut, is going to be like three and a half hours, and it's gonna it's gonna have the uh, the Black Freighter story. Yeah, dispersed in, in, into right, it right. instead of separate. Oh, it's, I can't wait! I picked up the uh, the motion comic on Blu-ray, and which is fucking beautiful. Number one, yeah. and there's some some great supplemental stuff in there with Dave Gibbons talking about the set designs for the movie. Mm-hmm. It, if nothing else, it's going to look awesome that's great yeah i'm excited about it i I think i've really tried hard to temper my expectations and and tell myself this is not going to be like the comic i mean there's going to be very evocative of the comic but it it is a movie it's going to be different there's going to be things that are changed things that are removed things that are you know so i hope i've steeled myself to just be able to enjoy it for what it is um i'd say of of Unlike a lot of comic movies where we may have a predisposition as to how the characters should act, but we don't necessarily have any tie to the plot, this is much different in that this, because Zack Snyder is trying to adapt it faithfully and it's a book that 
that we're we're all so um, close to. I, I, I don't. I, I can't answer until I see it whether whether I'll be able to actually be objective. But I'd like to think that I'm I'm going to go in and just see it for what it is and uh, and go from there. But yeah, I'm excited. I really am excited. It's it's. I never actually thought we'd see the day. Um, or, or I should say, if we did see the day, I thought that if we ever saw a Watchmen movie, I would go in expecting it to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, so, it was going to be a so, fucking train wreck. Yeah. yeah now so that I'm we excited. got the mm-hmm. now that we got the Watchmen movie, the next net obsession will be the Preacher series. That'll Whoa. be the thing everybody's going to yeah, fix it on that. Getting now. put turnaround it's, though. You know that was going to be an HBO TV mm-hmm. series, but it, right. God, yeah. But no, so I'm really excited for it. I, I'm very very curious to see what non comic fans think of it though because yeah so many it was we talked about it was a week or two ago about the sales of the watchmen trade in the bookstores clearly tons and tons of people that are not regular uh, serialized comic readers are familiar with the source material so it, it should have a, an embedded following now granted it's still it's still a fraction of the people that go to a blockbuster movie but oh. but it it should still have enough I'm curious to see if it has enough curiosity that it becomes a real big surprise hit. I mean, all of the, the box office mojo and the Wall Street you know, pre-sales estimates indicate that it's it's looking like the first week it's not going to be a monster. But you know, you never know until you know. So I'm just curious to see if this is one of those movies that takes everybody by surprise and, and, and is as big as as I hope it to be. Because obviously, if it's a big hit, then that means more comic book movies. And and what? because this one's a, a such a supposedly a faithful adaptation. If this is a big hit followed up with the surprise hit of 300, then that means that Zack Snyder can pretty much write his ticket to do any comic book movie he wants, which is, is goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's uh, what's uh, interesting is that around Chicago, you can't go anywhere without seeing Watchmen somewhere. It's mm-hmm. on billboards. It's on buses. It's you know plastered in the windows of every bookstore that, uh, that you walk by. Uh, we're at Borders today, and it's like huge watchman displays and then whenever i got to the comic shop tonight there were a couple people uh, in the store looking for watchmen that had probably never stepped into a comic shop in their lives and were picking up picking up the graphic novel so it's it's gonna it's gonna reach a lot of people and i think more so than dark knight for the reasons that sal was going into uh, a couple weeks ago on ac is that when you go to the bookstore looking for Watchmen, it's there. You, you, it's it's kind of hard not to find it. Where with like Dark Knight, you can kind of get lost looking for what Batman to start with. Where there's no question with this, you know, or like a book like Wanted or what. So I think I think the movie is going to do great. And I think that the sales of the of the graphic novel or the collected edition, I guess, is really what it is, are, are going to be fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's not you a graphic mean, novel. The comic it's a collect- it, Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, it's not a graphic novel. It's it's a, it's a it's a collected serialized uh miniseries absolutely yeah <laughs> well, it's Derek true. was, Derek no, was no. ranting about that yeah no he was right <sighs> he, he was ranting about that that, that it's not no, you know, well, it's a, hey no uh, and vince uh, you're is that you giggling over there uh not giggling it was more what? like a heavy sigh. exhaling yeah okay no and, and th- this is a valid this is a valid point uh, how many total pages is is Watchmen? It's uh, what's t- what's twenty two times uh, times twelve. Uh, a her- terrible mathematician. Um, wh- two hundred forty four. Okay. Um, do you think that if 
um, if they had gone to Alan Moore and said, instead of 12 22-page issues, you have 244 pages to pace and break this up in any way you want, you, you, are you telling me that he maybe would have written it differently? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was a finite series, a 12-issue series. The fact that yep. it was published in individual pamphlets does not change the fa- the nature of what it is. It's a complete story from start to finish. He wrote it in 12 issues. They've just collected it in a book. It's not a graphic novel. It, it, no, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book. It's a comic book mm-hmm. that, so that you, ends that... I'm confused. Why are you? I, I just get whenever someone gets all niggly about the you know it's a it's a it's a comic book. It's a limited series. It's a graphic novel. It's a story. It's a it, comic book yeah, story. But, but it you wasn't. You just said it's not a graphic novel. You just said yeah. it's a comic book it's, series. No, it, it, it's a it's a book. Yeah, it's a it book is. that just happens to be comics. Yeah. It, it is a book. Yeah. I just I, the 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 term graphic novel. I I think that's. Um, it gets, I wasn't disagreeing um, with Chris, by the way. Yeah, no, no, it's no, and it's I, you, there. It's one of those uh, deals that you can disagree with because um, I, I think it. I think Watchmen deserves to be called a graphic novel from a like a literary sense, but it, technically it's not. It's 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 a different format, and people I think have troubles recognizing the difference between um a a collection of single issues and and a graphic novel it's uh i mean they are they are two different things but it's to to demean something because it's not a graphic novel that's my that's where i I, I take offense at it it's it's not a lesser work because it's not a graphic novel yeah that's i agree i agree with that completely it, yeah. it is it, it is an amazing work mm-hmm. that was published as twelve individual chapters, and in, it, it, in it, the comic industry, there are very very few quote graphic novels. Absolutely, Th- right. things that were marketed with that appellation graphic novel. And uh, to, to belabor the point, and I know I'm very good at that, what does it matter what the consumer, if the consumer knows that this was published in 12 pieces or whether the book they have in their hands was the way it was originally released? It doesn't really matter. The thing that matters is the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It, it's where I where I get, you know, it's not even get upset, but it's... It, it's kind of that thing where it's like you know comic books are for kids kind of thing. So you know they're they're not going to market it as being based on the comic book. It's always based on the graphic novel. And it's like you know what? There's nothing wrong with comic book. You you don't have to be afraid to say based on the comic book. Right. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. Wrong that, with that. That's exactly where I'm coming from, Chris. I just it's not uh, get mad at Vince, but I think it. it oh, I don't get mad. It, it does annoy me. I have to say I do cringe sometimes when I. When I've seen comic movies and they always say based on the graphic novel, well, it, if it's actually a graphic novel, of course I don't have a problem with it. But if it was a comic book series, a limited series, whatever you want to call it, then why can't? It, why is it bad? Why would it really hurt sales of the movie to have it say inspired by the comic book series? I, well, I mean, I don't. I think graphic novel is the term that piques the interest of the layman the most. Right. Which is it, it's, it's, it's a safe it's a safe term. It's not you're not saying comic book which conjure, conjures images of juvenile entertainment. You're saying graphic novel because right. big people read novels, you know? It's it's just a, a term that, to sell something. Well, then train them. 
Yeah, that's yeah. an annoyance is my point. It, again, you're right. I think you're totally right in what you're saying, Vince, and that's why they do it. I'm saying, though, I don't think it's wrong of us as people who love comic books to say we wish it were different. I mean, it's right. the, and And the same thing I mentioned, I think, to you guys in the chat that the Marvel the Marvel earnings conference call that happened two weeks ago annoyed the shit out of me because for 70 minutes they spoke about the state of things and the word comic or the words comic books were not mentioned either by the company's executives or any of the analysts for 70 minutes. And I understand that they're an entertainment company now and people care much more about the movies, but the idea that in all of the discussion, including the toys and the publishing that you know, we heard the word trade paperback, we heard the word graphic novels, bookstores, books, but we didn't hear the word comic mentioned once. And I can't help, uh, not to sound like conspiracy theorists, but I can't help but think that that's intentional. You know, that <laughs> they intentionally avoid that term now, and it drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, whenever, you, whenever was, you make two or three times more on licensing your products than you do actually publishing the books that they're printed in, yeah, it's easy to do that. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's still a huge business for them. It's it's a $125 million business that makes one-third of their profit. So it's not like it's this you know, afterthought business that they keep around for nostalgic purposes. It's a hugely important business. If the business fell apart, their business as a whole would fall apart because they need those profits to help finance the movie arm. So it's it's still an important business. I, I guess, again, I'm not saying – I understand that they're, it's, they're no longer – solely a comic book company but to not say the word once in 70 minutes I, I can't help but think it all ties into the same choices they make when they put out dvds or movies or cartoons where they just don't mention the term and i i'm with you i don't understand what's wrong with the term it's it's i don't why should that term have any negative connotation to it right. exactly there, right. there's a there's a fear that it is childish and that's uh you know maybe it is in a, in, in a way but so fucking what yeah, Casada <laughs> so, exactly. was giving somebody the hairy eyeball during the conference call. <laughs> the, the, the word "comic" started coming out of their mouth, and he gave him. Rrr, 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 rrr. <laughs> I'll never get on Colbert again. Um, uh, I picked up. Uh, I almost had my my uh, my comic book fan card revoked. I realized when uh, when I was at the shop and saw a couple things that I have never read before, and. Mm. Uh, so um, this is like this is like comic book anonymous. Hi, I'm Chris, <laughs> and uh, and I've never read Justice League International. Uh, oh, nor have I. Um, so the trade paperback came out today. So I'm like, I'm finally going to read the Bwahaha Justice League. Um, the next one, I'm really embarrassed about. Um, I have never read the Death of the Stacys. I've never, I've, you know, I'd never had access to them whenever I was growing up. It's not like, you know, fucking Amazing Spider Man 121 was laying around the house. Um, I knew about it, and you, you know, you read about it in fanzines and that kind of stuff. You would read about it and pick up the history on stuff, and it was always flashback to. Never read them before. So I picked up the, uh, the, uh, Beautiful hardcover that Marvel put out, the Death of the uh, Death of the Stacys, which uh, has Amazing Spider-Man uh, eighty-eight through ninety-two, which I believe is the death of Captain Stacy, yes. and then one twenty-one and one twenty-two, which is uh, death of Gwen Stacy and the Green Goblin. So that will be some of my weekend reading. Nice. You know, you know the image that stuck with me the most out of those two issues. 
that w- which wasn't Gwen Stacy. Uh, you know how she dies, right, Chris? Yeah, the the whole okay. bridge. Right. It wasn't the next snap panel. It was the panel where Romita showed Captain Stacy's hand hanging out of the rubble mm-hmm. after the thing falls on him. That as mm-hmm. as a kid, that image just stuck with me. You're not kidding. Till, to this day, yeah. Great point. Yep. Powerful wow. stuff. Uh, as right as you said, it, I'm picturing the image right now. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, is is John Romita just the bee's knees or what? Mm. And he's a, uh, he's a demigod. And I tell you what, there is some uh, <laughs> there's absolutely beautiful Gil Kane work in this as well. Who? Gil I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> Chris is my favorite. Wah-ha-ha. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, he always did, uh, been Gil. What is this? Issue 90 is Gil Kane, and he does a kick-ass Spider-Man. I see oh, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't just do uh, the green space cop. I mean, he does, he does a mm-hmm. really, really nice uh, Spider-Man. So. And, and it's amazing that every one of Gil Kane's women owned ab busters back in the day. Yeah, because the, the bellies on his women were tight, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Landing strips. Uh, awesome. Should be. I know. I'm saying. But uh, for my money, Gil Kane draws the best Morbius ever. Ah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I always I, like that character. I don't know that I have a directory of all the Morbius artists in my mind that I could pull up on to, to comment if I agree with you or not. But uh, <laughs> I'll take it word, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just saying. His, his makes, Morbius is strong. He by the makes way, because Vince said that, about uh, a thousand listeners are going to run to Amazon and see if there's any uh, uh, essentials that they could pick up. Well, you know what? While we're while we're on the roll here, I, I want to pump something that they should be running out and get. Oh, yeah. What you got? This this it all started back on the thread of about the Bang Tango comic. Remember, I think it was Dave Wachter that said huh? uh, it's really hard to depict dancing and music in sequential art. It's it's extremely difficult, and I agreed with him because. I know from experience that it's it's pretty freaking impossible to get that kinetic feeling and to make the reader actually feel the music and the beat and, and the motion. It's, it's tough to, to nail down. And the book that I've read for this week, the writer-artist is one of the very few people that can convey music on the comic book page. Uh, and it, he just... Because a lot of the story is centered around music in this series. The uh, um, the events of everyday life for these creatures is always punctuated by song. And there's a lot of dancing in the book and, and a lot of uh, just musicianship. And he doesn't take the easy way out and just draw a little stanza with notes in the air. There's none of that. That never, ever appears in this comic. But you get the sense from looking at it and just experiencing it from panel to panel, that there's music going on and these characters are dancing. It feels really loose and you you get the idea that, hey, I can almost feel the beat on this thing. And if you don't know what it is uh, uh, now, I'll just, there's a song in it that starts off, Hoka Hoka Gunkle Dunk. Ooh. Okay, okay. Yeah. What's the new, yeah? See, David knows. David knows what I'm talking about. It, it's probably the most idiosyncratic comic series I've ever had the pleasure to experience. It's Larry Martyr's Bean World. Have any of you, Jason or, or Chris, read Bean World? Nope. I oh. leafed through it 
uh, not too long ago after he was on some show that I listened to where he was talking about relaunching it. And okay. it didn't grab me enough to pick it up, but I didn't give it more than a few minutes look. So, Did you look through the Christmas special, or did you look through the Dark Horse Collected Edition? It was the Collected Edition. I don't, I'm, I'm oh, really? Assume. Yeah. I mean, I guess okay. it's Dark Horse. I didn't. But again, I only, it's just, I, I don't, I'm generally not, I don't know, it just struck me as a little, little too cartoony, not really my thing. But. It's it's very deceptive, though, because mm-hmm. Martyr has a really clean, very simple style, but it's it, it tricks you because the subject of the stories and the events and in combination with the style would leave you lead you to believe that there's not a whole hell of a lot going on here, but it couldn't be any farther from the truth. There's a lot of there's a lot of real world stuff going on in this in this series. Uh, the interconnectedness of life, the power of music, the important role of nature plays in our existence, ritual in society, all of that's in Bean World. Conservation, recycling, the, the joy of experimentation. And I'll, I'll tell you why. If you don't know what Bean World is, it literally is a world of beans, these little creatures that are beans. They have this homogeneous society where almost all of them look alike. They're pretty nondescript little bean-like creatures and it's not until one of them has an epiphany that they become something else they actually physically change it's called the i think he calls it the breakout there's a character who becomes one of the main characters his name is beanish he was an everyday bean you know living life on this bean island but he took a look at his surroundings and decided to make art with the little pieces of what Larry Martyr calls the four realities. I'll get into that later. And he he please do devi- no really it's great. He he <laughs> devises they, they this mists. <laughs> no he he devises this little it's um, display for his f- fellow beans called the Look See Show. And what it is is he 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 molds his environment in ways that make sense to the beans, and in turn. He gets a, he he gets a rise out of them. He stimulates their imaginations. But when he gets this this epiphany, he physically changes. Like he was just a bean, but now he has he's a bean with these spikes on the back of his head, and he he doesn't act like the rest of the beans. So it's 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 also a story of of personal growth when when you come right down to it. But essentially, Bean World is an island, and there's a huge honking tree in the middle of the island called Grandma Pa. And every so often, the tree will spit out this bean pod. And there is a bean called Mr. Spook that catches the bean pod and drags it off the island down through the four realities. There's this strata of objects that surrounds the island, and they're, they're broken down into slats, hoops, twinks, and chips. They're just geometric shapes. But the thing is, that's the raw material from which the beans fashion all the tools necessary for their lives. There's a, a, another bean that has elevated beyond the regular beans. His na- her name, I always get that wrong, it's a her. Her name is called is Professor Garbanzo. She takes these materials and makes tools for the beans to use. Get it, Garbanzo? But anyway... So they, they travel down through these four realities, and there are these creatures down there called the Hoi Polloi. And they use the stuff 
called chow as their currency, but they can't make the chow without the beans. The Mr. Spook brings that bean pod down, and there's a little fight that ensues, and, and it happens the same way every time. They they fight with the hoi polloi. They end up taking the bean pod, and while the hoi polloi take the bean pod, the beans make off with this chow stuff that is their food. So, again, it... It, this entire world is interconnected. The beans can't exist without the hoi polloi. The hoi polloi can't exist without the beans. And they all can't exist without the tree giving them the raw material to make the things that they need. It's an awesome friggin' series. Well, where's the rice? There is no, there is no rice. But, you know... Oh, damn, in, in, I was thinking the same thing, Wood. I was just like, falls in love with some rice. She's not taking the bean on any of these things. No, I'm not, because you you do not make light of Bean World. Because, no, seriously, co- comics comics 101, you have Watchmen, your Dark Knight Returns, this series... Oh, Jesus, Vince. No, I'm not... No, don't know. All right, buddy, I'm telling you, this series can hold its own against any of the commonly mentioned comic series that everybody thinks is is the bee's knees. Bean World is as good as those. I'm not kidding you. You you just heard me me try and protect Vince from himself, right? (laughs) Anybody who has read Bean World will agree with me. David, have you read Bean World? I have not read it with any consistency, and I haven't checked it out in years. I've found out that I have nothing in my collection from Bean World, which which saddens me. All right, Vince. Well, then I guess we have to put this to the, to the forum. You just leave it up to the forum. Anybody who's read Bean World, chime those, in and let these guys know. Bots, we're going to trust those people? You don't have to trust them. You just have to <laughs> let your guard down and realize that there's a lot of things in comic books yeah. other than superheroes. I know. Well, well, I, now, hold I, on I, a second. I, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 that's a ridiculous retort. Seriously, after it's not a ridiculous. Wait, after 46 episodes, you retort to us because we're calling you out and saying it's one of the most important comic series. Is there's more because to you're comic. you're you're scoffing at it because it's a wait, story wait, about wait, beans. Hold on. Yeah, but you're being speechless. Am I right or not? Wait, wait, like the three of us, all we care about is superhero comics. That's, That's not what I'm saying. No, and I'm not being. Uh, I am not elevate. I'm not hey, trying to. What? What? Hold on. What? Would this book just may be a little bit beyond you and I? No, I don't think. I'm, I'm ridiculous. Saying, I it's not. It'd be great. I don't know. I'm saying to, for you to for you to all right. by if there's more to comics than superheroes, it's an insult. As it's not an insult. So you and, and from comics? no, but from your point of view, you looked at this book and you said, uh, "Cartoony. It's got little beans in it. It's not my thing." When you didn't, you haven't even read it. There, I'm telling. From all the examples that I gave you this about this book so far, there is a, a lot to this thing other than essentially funny animals. Yeah, this I, is a book. I, this is a book about life. And so, why would you scoff at that? It sounds worthy of trying. I think, to be fair, the scoff was when you started saying that it was one of the most important comic book series ever written. I think and I that, stand by it. Is okay, it is maybe it is, but it, it it sounds like hyperbole to someone who's not ready. No, to to deprive yourself of this book. If if I was teaching a class called Comics One Hundred and One or attending a class called Comics One Hundred and One, and Bean World was not on the syllabus, I would I would find fault with the teacher for not presenting a complete picture of comics. And that's what that you need to read this book. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with Vince. Uh, comics was brought to you by Larry Martyr. I, no, I, I, I will pick. The, I will pick this up if it sucks. 
coming for you, Bonavolia. It, it it's it's <laughs> yeah, it ranks up, it ranks up there with books like Zod, Love and Rockets, yes. Strangers yes. in Paradise. Yes. I mean, if you look if you look I wouldn't back include that some, last one, but yes about all the other ones. What was the last one? Strangers in Paradise. Okay, all right. But I'm yeah. okay, well as far as there are no, there are no capes in that not, one, so you don't like it, Vince? Not not uh, there are boobies though. I wanna so. I mean it may not it may not be a it's landmark title, but it's it's a book that's Terry Moore had a following with that. He it, it bounced around from a couple publishers before he decided to 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 just make it with abstract. So it's it had longevity. People saw it through. So I, I know that there are people that do love Strangers in Paradise. So I threw it in there as an independent black and white. Well, no, see, it's not black and white. I threw it in there as an independent comic. Right. So, but it's it's it's, it's, it's a win. It's, it's a win. It's yeah, and it's a landmark comic. It's Absolutely. it's more recent than the others I mentioned, but yeah, I mean it's yeah. as as you look down later on, it's, it's, it 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 compares well with those. So I will check out Bean World, but but yes, the, Vince, I I like Wood am uh, an insulting. Uh, well, I, I did not. This is two episodes in a row. I'm, I, not, I, an elite, I I'm an not an elitist. I'm not. I, I, I didn't hear an insult. Thank you. <laughs> The, the the name of the book is Bean World, and it's subtitled Wahula Zuma. It's a hardcover from Dark Horse. I think it's 1995 for 200. Yeah, it's 272 pages. Beautiful presentation. The second volume is solicited in this month's previews. I think that should pretty much wrap up the entire series because I think uh, I've if I'm not nuts, which Sal's probably saying. I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> this collection encompasses the first nine issues of bean world and i think the second trade is even bigger okay so, all right it, there's characters in here that are very resistant to progress and they scoff at new advances in their technology and then there's other characters that champion they, are those, innovation are those, oh, are, are those the vince beans no it actually mr spook has a, an aversion to progress he's afraid of it and Professor Garbanzo is always trying to find easier ways for the beans to do the things they do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, change frightens them. Um, there, there's a uh, a sequence where they are attacked by this spider creature that spews these egg pods all over the place. And the Boomer Band, this this is the band that follows the the soldiers around whenever they do their little tasks. The band punctuates every action they make with a song. And they pick up these little eggs, which they don't know are eggs. They call them mystery pods. And they make a sound. So they fashion a song from the pods, but it makes all the beans tired. So naturally, Mr. Spook thinks it's a bad thing. But what the the, the mystery pods really do, they enable another character to teleport somewhere else where he learns more about his universe. So it's it's, again, everything in this little world is interconnected. In fact, Larry Martyr doesn't describe it as a world he describes it as a prog- a process being world is a process so it's it's super cool one of the one of the best comic series ever you got to try it out uh, i would question. be rem- i would be remiss if i didn't talk about being I, I i will ge- i will definitely try it and let you know what and I i'm think. not talking down to you because you are in <laughs> fact a lot smarter than me at most things so i'm giving you a, a little compliment there i have one more I'm question just... what do they drive pintos no, they're beans. They're they're beans. They're little little 
little tiny beans. And I, and and I'm, remember I'm, I'm, that I'm I'm upset that it's taken you 46 uh, episodes to uh, to tell us about it. Well, see, that's the thing. You should uh, have already known about beans. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that they sh- you should you should walk into a comic shop. They should have Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, and way down at the end of the counter, a little tiny stack of Bean World for those adventurous enough to to read it. All right, respect, respect. Yeah. I will. No, I, what I was going to talk about involves a keep, so I don't know if I'm allowed to now. Am I allowed to? See, it doesn't work when I apologize. I've nullified <laughs> any kind of ire you can raise. No, it's it's it's, it's actually a title that uh, that is near and dear to the Vince B uh, world. So, so it I, is. It's and, it's. and I'm not. No, what I want to talk about is I don't want to spoil it for you, but I, I we you, uh, you guys touched on on Thor uh, last week, and I know that you're behind Vince, so I'm not going to get into any plot specifics. But I had mentioned. Uh, when David brought it up, that, that Chris and David brought up uh, issue 600, that I hadn't read it yet. I have since read it, and I, I will not spoil it for you, but I just wanted to make two quick points on it. Uh, well, three. Number one, it was as good as you guys said it was going to be. Um, Fucking awesome. Yeah. I read it. Koypel's, dude, is, is Koypel's art is just unbelievable. The guy is a madman. Uh, point two, uh, the book, I remember it was solicited, it was four ninety nine, and I remember thinking, damn, they're ripping me off. But it was Thor 600. I'm a sucker for anniversary issues, so I bought it anyway. And it was, for all the complaining we've been doing about uh, the increased prices, this was a book that, in my opinion, was worth every penny of the 499 cover price. It was uh, aside from a full, yep, a full story, original <laughs> story, a backup story that was uh, original content, and a bunch of reprints about Balder. So very, very much worth it. It was almost like a mini trade. And the last point, and I, it, the, the thing I wanted to mention, and again, not a spoiler for you, Vince, but there's, some, there's one thing about this fantastic run that's been bothering me, and it is... Spoil it. Boy, Come on. Spoil it. Doing. It's, uh, no, it's not a spoiler because you, you've already seen it, but it, it's, and it finally connected with me the last few issues. Loki, which we all know uh, is a woman now, what bothers me about it is that he draws her to look like Marilyn Manson. You and it, there's nothing wrong with that. Drives me up a wall. The last, if you look at issues five, uh, the thirteen or is it twelve or thirteen, whatever the one before this, yeah, and six hundred, the f- close-up faces he draws her so unattractively, and I couldn't figure out why he was doing it, and then I realized it's Marilyn Manson. And well, is I, it more unattractive or is it androgynous? Because Marilyn's kind of androgynous. It's androgynous. Well, that's cool because Loki used to be a dude, right? And I think that's why he's doing it, but. Because I'm a fanboy at heart, I, I like the idea of Loki being a, a chick. I want her to be hot, and she's not hot. Well, yeah, but I mean, you you know whose body Loki Which is, is why I think she should be drawn differently, but I don't want to spoil it. But but what yeah. you just alluded to, Chris, is why I think she shouldn't be drawn to look like Marilyn Manson. But but we don't want to get any more than that because our our buddy Vince says yeah, he's but, on man, well, no, now you've, now you've piqued my curiosity. Who body just, is she in? I'm not, no, to, no, no. You just no, have I'm to fucking read it, man. You just have to. You have to read it. It's so good. Um, Jane Foster. I, I no. You have to read we it. Um, I what? I caught up on all of them this weekend, and this is probably my favorite Loki that I've ever read. It is just the how manipulative and the the planning and the the strategy that that this Loki is is you I mean Straczynski is writing a fun Thor I, right now. Yeah, I mean it is that is a despicable character. Yeah he's a piece of shit. He really is. Loki about her. 
<laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's get it. Huh? What'd you say? I said there's nothing low key about her. Oh, <laughs> nice. Which, um, um, has everybody here read uh, American Gods? By the way, are are you guys done yet? I'm almost done. Yeah. I haven't started it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I want um, seriously. So, but feel uh, free to spoil it. It's, it's no. Not. What what would get the uh, get the uh, the audio book? Listen to it. Um, oh. You know, on the train or whatnot. It's great. Um, but uh, oh, where was? Oh no, th- this Loki is absolutely despicable. Like I hate this character because of the you know most of the time with comic book villains, it's like it's like oh yeah, beat up the bad guy, blah blah blah. This version of Loki that Straczynski is writing is a fucking dirtbag, despicable character, and I cannot wait for Thor to to kill Loki because it's the mm-hmm. only it's the only way that this can end after what Loki has done is for Thor to 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 finally kill Loki. There is no one of them's going to have to die. To Do you agree, David? Hmm? I don't. I. <laughs> I when, would when Thor, when Thor finds out all the bullshit. Oh yeah, someone's going to die. But Loki's still going to have that. <laughs> That ace, that uh, it, something is still going, whether Odin will appear, something will happen where as much as we want to see it happen and Thor wants to do it, something's going to end up having him stay his hand. And, and it's it's something else where you're just like, God damn it, you really want to see it happen, but you just, it, it can't. And they... They're yin and yang. I mean, you know, you look back at the Simonson Thor and there was Loki. There's this Thor... And there's Loki. Loki's not going anywhere, not for a really, really long time. That anyway. bitch needs to die. He does. <laughs> he, she does. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. It's, I mean, this is just fucking despicable character right now, and I and, love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's it's a what is not wrong. Koipel and Morales on on the art on the book is awesome. The this issue six hundred. There's two stories going on because one is from Thor's perspective and one is from another god's perspective, and that has art by uh, Marco Jujivic. That's stunning. David Aja's artwork looks better in this backup story than it ever did in Immortal Iron Fist, and and the story and the story is written by uh, Stan Lee Vince. Uh, some some of the must dialogue. have been a scrap of paper Jack had <laughs> no, hanging out of his coffin or it's, something. It's, it's, Ooh, I could use it's, that. It's written better than Ravage twenty ninety nine. It's it. Some of the dialogue is a little hokey, like when the father's like, "No, Blake is the best surgeon of all." I mean, you know, Stan wrote this, but it's it's still a funky hey, story. Hey, it's still right. it's still a funky story. The Aja art is really great, and 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 yeah, they are balder backups from from old tales of asgard from journey into mystery but cool, the uh, nothing it, wrong for the that. most well the well, only I mean, more out of the whole it, book is is the coletta inking that's what it's so but other than that it's well, it's well worth the yeah. five bucks with, i mean with, the yeah that's a small price to pay yes with, yes with it is ba- yes with the backups <laughs> and the um and the extra story you really finally get a sense of how much uh stan was propping jack up <laughs> no. Oh. oh dear God! Uh, no, getting 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 back to the five, getting back to yeah, how much this costs. You could you could just you could just stare at these Koipel pages for days. I mean, it is so. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey, I, I read a good G.I. Joe comic this week. You did? Oh, yeah, G.I. Joe Origins number one. In in one issue, it Larry Hama reminded me of, of how cool G.I. Joe used to be, and it kind of washed a taste out of that G.I. Joe series that IDW is also putting out. Now, see, you didn't say anything when we were going all gaga about the first issue. Yeah. Why did Why did you reserve your comments? You should have been the anti. No, I I didn't because you two are having such a good time now. Now a week or two ago, he caught us in the masturbation chair, and he didn't want to disrupt us. No, I I think there might have even been some little sighing for me. I kind of read the boys. I I I did. I don't. I, I think I just. I, I kept my comments to myself. But then there was, I think, one night where where me. Oh, I think it was the night where we didn't we didn't record, and and Chris was still right. still in the city do, doing the thing for the documentary, and uh, so the three of us, the rest of us, were on. We were just chit chatting, and and we were talking about the GI Joe series by Dixon, and uh, and I think I basically said that. Every time it feels like something might happen, it's like, okay, here's the end of the issue. And it's just, it's, it's not even a cliffhanger. It's just, this is where I'm ending it. And some of the things are cool, like Baroness, like Destro. But for the most part, it's like, we're in the pit. Here's Snake Eyes' sword, because he's helping this dude escape from Stalker. And it's just, I'm not feeling, I don't know if it's Dixon's writing. I, don't, I'm, I got no love for the characters he's writing in that book. But... Okay. Origins, Origins number one. I mean, the art's pretty slamming by by by, by Feister, and it's I. Um, it felt like now the last time I read a GI Joe comic was when him was writing it for Marvel. So I didn't read any of the DDP, wow. the Image or DDP GI Joe. You didn't read any of the Image and, at all? and any of the Mike Norton issues. I didn't read any of the GI Joe stuff from recent wow. years. So this 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 felt this reminded me of those stories of of the old time Marvel GI Joe but newer because now obviously things are a little different than they were back then I mean, the whole uh who the hell was it that um it was was it uh was it Hulk and, and Scarlet get thrown out of the plane did anybody read the first issue I didn't. Of, I nodded, but I did not. No, of origins. Not yet. Okay. No, I All right. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't read it. No. Okay. Then I'm, I'm not, I won't go into anything. But it's it's um too busy digging on beans. It's yeah. I don't know with that. <laughs> it's far. um it's I'll just I think it's actually Zach, Zach even Zach, Zach Mr. Crusade even said that uh, on the forum when he was talking about how he he enjoyed the Dixon issue so far, but origins. Is better and and I can't I can't disagree. I'm but see, I'm not even really feeling the main series all that much right now. And mm-hmm. as long as Hammer keeps writing Origins, that'll be my go-to GI Joe book for now. Fair That's enough. why they're doing three of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've liked them all. I, it's uh, uh, I'm actually going to dig into Origins probably right after we're done here. But I think I think Dixon's doing a, a fine job on the main series. Yeah, and I don't want. I don't want to knock the man because I mean he's written some stuff. I mean he's written Punisher. He's written a lot of things that I've liked. I just I'm not feeling him on GI Joe. Yeah, I just uh, I, I mentioned this to you, and that on, I think again it was all fair. But I mentioned to you that I thought the second issue of the series. I did think the art took an unfortunate turn. I, I do think that the 
the art in the first one wasn't great, but it was good enough. I thought, right, right. Yeah. I, I thought issue yeah. number two, and it's the same artist, but I thought issue number two was, was yeah, very. I, I think there is unfortunately a stereotype in a lot of people's minds that comes with the quote-unquote licensed comic book art, and I don't think the second issue of G.I. Joe did anything to dissuade people from that opinion if they pick it up off the shelf. Uh, so, IDW some, really has to be careful about stuff like that, because when you're charging three ninety nine a pop, yeah. you, you better be giving them something extra for their, their dollar. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of IDW, the, uh, the, best, uh, the best comic on the shelves came out again today. So. Lock and Key. It was a great cover. Oh, I didn't. Awesome I, I, cover. I yeah. wanted to talk about uh, issues one and two of that this week, but uh, I didn't. So that, that was I didn't know that the third came out. Okay, cool. It's uh yeah. Is it number three? Is it number three? Yeah, it is, I think uh, so. and it's a it's a reimagining of a classic uh, EC Comics cover that uh, was actually um, uh, used Johnny. in the the Wortham trials. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it was Johnny Craig, right? Uh, was it a Johnny Craig cover? Yeah, of the uh, of the severed head, and uh, I'm thinking that's a Craig. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And isn't isn't that the one that uh, that uh, Bill Gaines uh, described as not being too gory because you couldn't see the blood dripping from the yeah. decapitated yeah. head? <laughs> but yeah, good old Bill. Yeah, he's it, all hopped up on drugs. Yeah. Stop it. What do you think he was? What, what it I did th- look a lot like Jerry Garcia. Yes, he did. Mm. Oh, Bill Gaines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit like Jerry. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was awesome. What do you think it's so far, Chris, of the oh, Lock and Key? Key? Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. It's It's been great. I can't I can't wait. I, I look forward to it. It'll be the first thing that I read tonight whenever we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, so you're reading I've at the same time as Origins? Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. What? I multitask. All right. Uh, why, why you got to be uncomfortable like that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said I'll read Origins right after we're done here, but I'm going to read Lock and Key first. Um, yeah. Out of the out of the uh, the second series, the kind of in between issue with the uh, with the teacher kind of going through through his life and what was going on. What is it like thirty four forty probably thirty years ago? Um, yeah. Prior, I thought was an an absolutely perfect issue. I, mm-hmm. I was like emotionally moved whenever I mm-hmm. whenever I read it. It was it was a very very powerful issue. So sure. no, it's it's been it's been great. I, it's living up to all the expectations I put on the original series. Mm-hmm. What's the subtitle of the new series? Is it Head Games? Yes. 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 Ah. I wanted to mention that because Lock and Key and Umbrella Academy are both coming out, the second series right now. And I'm reading them both as the issues come out, which is in contrast to the original series in which I read them both in collected edition. Um, I love them both. I loved both series quite a lot. And I was curious to see if my enjoyment would be in any way altered by reading them um, in single issue versus waiting for the collected editions. Uh, and I'm really happy to say that in both cases, I think, uh, and, and it's a credit to the creative teams, while I think their collected editions will likely be fantastic again, I, I, reading that would be very satisfying. I've found that, that, to their credit, at least halfway through each of their series, the second series have been extremely entertaining on a per-issue basis. And I think that that is uh, somewhat of a lost art these days, uh, especially for finite series. So I think 
credit to both both teams for that. I, I've, I've thought both series were fantastic. They look great. Uh, the stories have been engaging. I can't wait for the next issues to come out. And uh, and really, kudos. The only thing I'll say, and I want to ask you guys because I think uh, between the between the four of us, we're probably uh, hopefully reading. I'm not the only one reading both. Um, the one thing I do think of as I read these, though, is that, um, and I don't know if there's any way to get around this, but it strikes me that I don't know that you could just pick up either of these series with issue number one and get them at all if you hadn't read the first series of each. And I'm not saying that's a condemnation. Yeah. Certainly, I think they would probably the writer would presume that you've you've read them. But I'm just wondering if you guys would a agree with with that conclusion, and b do you have any thoughts as to whether or not that's you know something that a writer should try and avoid, or if it really on, doesn't matter. On lock and key, I I think of that book in in single issues. I'm with you. I, I I read it in single issues, and I think of it as a great HBO series. And this is season two. Of, mm-hmm. of Lock and Key, and it's like any other great, uh, great HBO series. It's like if you if you started watching The Sopranos with with season two, you could probably catch up and get the gist of things, but you probably need to at some point go back and watch season one. I think it's the same thing with Lock and Key. You could probably get an idea of what's going on, but you really do need to need to. To, to watch the first season, so hmm. it, that, it, does that make any sense? No, that yes, of course it does. Yeah, am I the only one reading Umbrella Academy? Did, did, at the moment, um, yeah. saving them up. I, yeah, I am getting them, but unfortunately, I read the original series as it was coming out, mm-hmm. and then I basically by the time the what was it six issues? By the time the sixth issue arrived. I had forgotten what happened in the, in the previous issue, so I read all of them at once, okay. and it was a much more rewarding experience. So mm-hmm. on Dallas, I'm waiting for the entire series, but I have the hardcover of Lock and Key, the first one, and I have yet to read it. Oh, so really? I can't. I, yeah, I can't speak if, about. If Lock you're and gonna Key, but... make me read some 500 page book about beans, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you're not paying attention to me. It's 272 pages. Whatever. If you're gonna make read some tome. <laughs> about beans um you have an assignment sir okay i'll read it right. i'll try and read it for next week how about especially that especially because we've gushed about it not once but i know i know all right and and um the reason why i bought it was not only because chris was praising it but i i thumbed through it and i really liked what i saw so i said it, chris is right again Gabriel Rodriguez is is really good. I I I love his art. And I tell you what, the um um I don't want to spend too much time on it because I've I've praised this book enough. But um, is it Jay Photos? It's F O T O S. Is the colorist on that book, and mm-hmm. he is the unsung hero on that. The the coloring on that book, the color palette and color choices on that book are fantastic. I agree. Good stuff. I have another little uh, segment that I'd like to introduce this week. It's called Dialogue Balloon of the Week. Does that sound cool? Now. This is becoming a produced show. No, I'd, I, <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to give the award to Deadpool number eight. Oh, okay. Speak off. Oh, yeah. Now it's cool. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> oh, this is a cool segment now. Anytime you bring up Deadpool, it's a knife right in my back, buddy. You're always shitting on Deadpool, man. You hate Deadpool. I gotta get you. To love I, Deadpool. I, who? Who is? I lo- I'm reading the series. I love it. No, 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 David, David, David hates. Oh, Deadpool. David. 
<laughs> now wait, let me just get this dialogue balloon out of the way and then we can go. Completely out of context because I don't want to spoil the story. Fee fi fo fum, I'm a stinky dum dum. Thank you very much, Mr. Way, for that that beautiful bit of dialogue. And you have to see it. It's does, pretty funny. He does write. That was perfect for an audio podcast. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> Fee fi fo fum, I'm a stinky dum dum. Hey. Way, Way writes a really nice Deadpool. I do have to give he him. He does. That. Hey, um, what have you seen the uh, the Hulk versus uh, DVDs yet? Uh, no, we uh, hadn't seen them last week, and I haven't had a chance to pick Come them up on, this man. week. Come on, man, get with it. Yeah, you're, you're not everyone. I guess he Deadpool must play a prominent role because Dead, you're not Dead, the only person that just asked me, "Hey, Wood, have you seen this?" So Dead, Deadpool, be... Dead, Deadpool is the runaway hit character out of the. The Hulk versus Wolverine, and um, uh, Vince. The reason, yes, sir, would or the reason Sal asked you about where to start with some Kirby stuff is because mm-hmm. he watched the Hulk versus Thor, which was incredibly influenced by all of the Kirby designs of the Asgardian ah. characters, and Thor was or uh, Sal was blown away by how well those characters adapted to um, animated. Yeah, well, see, uh, when Jack was designing them, he knew that in the future somebody was going to make a DVD of his character. <laughs> so he was not only a great illustrator, but he was also a great futurist. Yes, his like middle Tony name is Karnak. They, did, they, didn't, they didn't tell you that. Arno. Karnak, Karnak Kirby. Jack Arno but, Stark Kirby. <laughs> but I tell you, but, yeah. Now, yeah. see, you're going to make me go out and buy that damn thing now. Oh, it's, it, it's awesome because they're all the Kirby designs, and you're just... It, it, the the Hulk versus Wolverine is okay. The Hulk versus Thor was my favorite. A uh, better story, and I think the animation is is much tighter. And it's just fucking seeing all those Kirby designs come to life in animation. It is it, it really is amazing how well his designs work. And wow. it's yeah, he's he was awesome. Hi, eleven o'clock. Uh, it's Templar. Um, no funny voices this week, just my own. Um, yeah, just um, calling in to say I really enjoyed last week's episode, and um, I've just come back from my comic shop, A Place in Space, um, to find that the store owner, um, Steve, uh, he's displaying the um, LCS Challenge AC poster in his window now, and... Uh, has been catching up on AC, and of course I recommended 11 o'clock, and he said, yeah, they keep mentioning it, and um, we had a chat about how, um, or rather I had a chat to him about how drunk and occasionally grumpy and um, mischievous Chris can be on 11 o'clock. So, Vince, if you have any input whatsoever, I know you don't have any input in what Chris drinks, yingling man, Um, but... Get him good and sozzled um, this evening and uh, give my good buddy Steve a show. Um, on the comic front, um, thanks to Azan Fist um, or Alan um, on the forums for recommending uh, Rick Remender and Apania's Punisher. Fan-fucking-tastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, cannot wait for the third issue. If, anyone, if anyone's never read a Punisher book or... Um, has never read Fear Agent or, or, or any of the other stuff that Remender's done, just check out Punisher. It's great stuff. The pace of that book is amazing. Um, check it out. Anyway, have a good show. Be well. See you later. Bye. Are, are you guys checking out the Wolverine X-Men cartoon at all? 
Oh, sure. Mm, no. no. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch Vince, it. Vince, did you not? Uh, no, no. Why not? It, is it on now? Is it like something that's currently running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's coming out. Yeah, uh, Nickelodeon. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you know what? It's odd that you should be bringing up X-Men uh, slash motion pictures because the other night, I think it was FX or, or one of those channels was was uh, showing X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. And I know this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but I have not seen a worse superhero movie, oh. movie in my entire life than, than oh. X3. It's ridiculous. I, I, I was watching this thing thinking, who the frig made this movie? Yeah. Is, it, was it Singer? Yeah. No. It's horrible. No, it's no, painful. No, because no, no, Singer went to go do Superman Returns, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that was but the bad who, movie he made. That was, this was uh, Brett Ratner. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brett. It, it's it's actually painful to watch. But it's Callisto versus Storm. That's not Callisto. I, I don't. Ca- they may I call know. her Callisto. Yeah, I'm an X Men. <laughs> no, no, that Vince and I agree with you. I, I I didn't. I didn't care for it at I all. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't find it too offensive. Juggernaut no. looked like he walked out uh, well, of the Blue Parrot Bar during yeah, Happy no, Hour. There were some. I mean, I well, like you traded a lot of stock in two smoking barrels. It was. I mean, it's, uh, I mean there were some things been, that I liked. Like the, the danger room scene with with the fastball special shit like that. I, I you know I mean as far as writing off Cyclops, I thought that was a joke. Juggernaut's costume was a joke. <laughs> oh, of course, um, <laughs> big, big surprise. Um, but it was neat seeing Kitty Pride. It was neat seeing Angel. It was oh she was uh, hot too. It was neat seeing Madrox. So I mean there were some cool like the, the the trick that they did with Madrox in the woods. I thought a lot of it was kind of funky. May, maybe mostly for the fans, but I mean you know as a whole story, it's like I think. You know, he could have just Magneto could have gotten everybody over to the island without like destroying the, the bridge and shit. It's like you know, there were just some things yes. that were just kind of stupid. And, yeah, and he picks it up at three in the afternoon and it lands at <laughs> and it's ten like, o'clock at it, night. Yeah, wait, wait, what yeah, the fuck but, just happened? Did he just turn out yeah. the sun? And I, I'm not even talking about the story. I, you know, in terms of does it conform to the comics? Does it not? I, I really didn't care. I, I just was flipping channels and I saw it and I said, well, you know, I should have a little bit of knowledge on this thing. Did you stay past because, the credits? Uh, no. Uh, I didn't make it. I didn't make it to the credits. Okay. All but right. just, just as far as movie making goes, the, 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 the shots were horrible. The cinematography was bad. But how about the characters how, how, how young were ridiculous. And, 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 uh, and Eric looked at the beginning. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Did you see? Did you see Chris Claremont at the beginning? No, I didn't. Okay. I wasn't looking for him either. Hey, all right, no, that's fine. The, the the Beast walks on screen, and I'm like, that's it. Just, what the hell is this? It's just a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah, I will say Kitty's very attractive. The actress that they got to play Kitty, she was very good, but uh, horrible. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She was horrible. Storm, even yeah. uh, just bad, bad, bad movie. But anyway, I'm sorry for taking us on a tangent. I did not see the the X Men Wolverine cartoon. Is it good? Uh, it is pretty good. It, it's it's uh, my 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 boys watch it, and uh, it, it's good. I will say though, it's it's uh, it, it's it's good enough to watch. Uh, there are enough little vignettes as a longtime X Men fan that make me smile. But I would say the quality of the animation, uh, the energy of it, the vibrancy pales in comparison to the new Brave and the Bold cartoon. And that oh, pains me to say because yeah. 
uh, I, I, you know, I there's there's no greater uh, in my mind uh, superhero-ish comic you know pantheon than the X Men. But but uh, in our TiVo we have Ben Ten, um, this new X Men cartoon, Brave and the Bold, Star Wars Clone Wars, and uh, my boys will always choose the other three before they'll choose to watch an X Men episode. So uh, I don't know if that's this thing, but but it's it's good. It's 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 much better than any X Men cartoon. I've seen before, uh, and I didn't watch too many episodes of the, I guess, was it the 90s? I don't know if it was 90s or early yeah, 2000s. There was, there was X-Men Evolution, and before that, there was the show right. on Fox. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care for either of those at all. Um, really? So, yeah, so, so was yeah, I really didn't care for them. So so this, I've, I like better than those, but but uh, again, I, I'd say it's it's more like a solid B cartoon than, than, it, than an ah. A. I don't the, the, the X-Men the, cartoon from the 90s. Really, I saw some of the designs. They they weren't too bad. I've never actually seen the show. It was, it was of but, the, but the character I mean, designs were. I mean, you had Gambit and Big Hair Rogue and and all that stuff. It was definitely of the nineties. But no, I thought they were. I thought they were very well executed. I didn't think they were as good as uh, as the Spider Man cartoons of of about the same time. But they were they were good. Yeah, it's the same in in my house. Um, Brave and the Bold gets. Top picks, even from the girls. It's goodness. The, the, it's really good. Yeah, they'll sit and watch that at the expense of everything else. My son will always pick Ben Ten before. Well, he's enough for that stuff. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But the girls will sit there. And and last week, did it? Did you guys see it last week with the the uh, alternate second. versions of the? Yes. Oh, it was awesome. That was hot. awesome. And it's Sinestro continued. It's the first two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Absolutely. I love that they it's and it's it's really like reading a great comic book, right? I mean they 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 lead you in with that it, which I always used to love about the James Bond movies, how every Bond movie would start off with him wrapping up one adventure and then before you get into the meat of the movie, The Brave and the Bold does that every time. They give you extra um eye candy and heroes by having them wrap up a little quick vignette before they mm-hmm. get into the episode. I love that. It's so cool. Which must, must put more pressure on the writers because now they have less time to wrap up the a, a cohesive story with that little extra bit in the beginning. I mean, granted, it's only like three minutes, but that's three more minutes they could have to tell the story, which, yeah, that's impressive. And, and they, and they have to make the opening, the first three minutes, like interesting enough for you to stick around because you could you could yeah. watch it and be like, okay, well, why the hell what do I care about this 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 That's cowboy right. with the skin flapping in his face? And yeah. then if they if they miss something, then they're like, well, what the hell's Batman doing in this kung fu movie? So yeah, it it has to keep their attention, and and it's uh, it it is it's it's a really cool cartoon. Did you and see I, who, wrote, who wrote this last in the Injustice Society episode? No, who did? Dwayne McDuffie. Oh, nice. and uh nice. mateus has uh has written at least one also yeah he's a and he's uh, he gets a producer credit so i don't know how whether it's just, mm-hmm. and, and, and the like, title sequence is the balls too yeah it's awesome and, and i hate to i hate to say it, maybe mcduffie should concentrate on writing oh, oh shit dietrich bader i i think does a, a really funky job as uh as Batman, I mean, he's no Kevin Conroy, but it, he he kind of he fills that void. And uh, I think he's really good. Oh, I do too. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. used to the animated series Batman, then uh, this kind of has a hint of that. But it uh, it it works on its own. And I was I was very happy to see the Red Hood 
in the last episode. And then, you know, where he oh, keeps yeah. saying, you know, my face isn't much to look at. And I'm like, I, I'm like, are they really going to show who this person is under the hood? Because I wasn't expecting it because that whole license thing, because they don't have a Robin in this cartoon. And normally you'll see the Joker in a Batman cartoon, but I don't think the Joker ever showed up in Justice League Unlimited. So sometimes things get a little tricky with, with licensing and how that works. But that, that was neat. Spectacular Spider-Man. I'm waiting for the next season to start with that. I, and I was going to ask what if, uh, if that's also on the DVR or, well, it might not be now because the new season hasn't started since you moved. So, yeah, yeah we, I, we I didn't really watch that. Really? It just, it, it escaped me that, that, uh, the boys are just now at that age where they're really into car- cartoons that they care about, you know? So we're just kind of, so yeah, I, I didn't, we didn't watch that first season. So I, I, I think when it comes back around, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it on there. But, uh, they're at the point now where my oldest is old enough where he can put on the TV and use the TiVo and stuff. It's, cool. it's kind of a new thing. So, so now he's all giddy to have lots of choices. So that's kind of why we've been adding this stuff. But yeah, we'll check it out. Was that, is that Spider-Man cartoon good? Because, uh, I don't think yeah. I've seen an episode of it. So it is the, one, the ones that I saw were really good. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a younger Peter Parker. He's he's in high school. Uh, it's more it, young Harry, young young Gwen. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'd, I'd agree with that. It's um, you know, there's no kingpin, but there's uh, there is the big man. But he he reminds me more of Tombstone than anything else. Uh, it's it's cool Neat. the way all the um. All the villains kind of, uh, they're all, they're, they're not related. It's not like Spider-Man chapter one, but it's, it's, uh, it's neat how they all kind of run around in this one circle. The enforcers were in it, the shocker, um, <laughs> it, not, not <laughs> doing despicable things. That's <laughs> great. You're like, that's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's just, hey, Mary Jane. It's, it's, there you go. To in the pink. It's just it's. And what, it's a, I always think of Pat, the Dildonator. Honest to God, it's yep. It's just uh, we should do a comic on the boards. The Shocker meets the Dildonator. Okay. There you go. Nice. The, Sorry, David. That's all right. It's just um, <laughs> it's and and the way the Sinister Six showed up and and the black costume and Venom and and the whole Eddie Brock character and 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 how his relationship is with Peter and it's just they they didn't show you. You know, obviously they didn't show you Uncle Ben getting shot. It is a cartoon for kids. But you do yeah. know that Peter is – you do see Uncle Ben in flashbacks. You do know that that this person is missing from Peter's life and, and Peter's trying to – you know, it's it's old school Spidey where Peter's trying to do he's, – he's trying to help his aunt. He's trying – you know, he's got that guilt thing going on where, you know, he wants to make sure that, that she's taken care of and, and he – He's taking pictures for the, for, for the, exactly. He's taking pictures for the Daily Bugle and he's trying to make money, but he's trying to help her with the bills and shit like that. So it's just, and there's the whole, he's got a crush on, on Betty. It's just, it's, it's just real fun, yeah. old school stuff. And, uh, and the art's amazing. Before I forget, cause I don't know, I'm, I'm not looking at the time since we're talking about yeah, we're close. voice, voice acting and things like that. And Alan, since we talked about him briefly at the beginning, just to, Torque him off a little bit because we really weren't. The uh, he posted a thread about um, his the audio show he produces, and and since Fat Mama was brought up following the New York convention, I figured this could tie into that too. He um, for anybody who didn't watch 
Who Wants to Be a Superhero, the first season when it was on sci-fi, which I know there are many, uh, Feedback was the winner of the first season, and, and Alan produces an audio show for Feedback. And, uh, nice. Yeah, and it's, it's, a real, it's a slick produced, it, it sounds real nice, it, and it's, it's, it's really Matthew Atherton, it's really Feedback, it's, it features some of the... Um, some of the characters from that first season of Who Wants to Be a Superhero. It's uh, the sound effects are awesome. I mean, it's it's like old time radio drama type stuff. And 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 the second season started earlier this year. The second season comes out tomorrow's Thursday as we're recording this. The second episode starts tomorrow, and I am on that episode. Oh, sweet! Hey now. Uh, so that's, that's a little you bit self You've got to give us a Kevin. reason to listen to it. That, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. I Damn. Because you're on it, and I love you. Yeah, you're pretty. It's uh, it's just, <laughs> it's it was, I mean, it's the, the script was fun. It was it, it was a good time, and, and I think, uh, I haven't heard the whole episode yet. He um, he sent me some of what I recorded as, as far as how it's going to sound in the show with, with all the special effects and the background noise and things like that. It takes place in a hospital and you can really, I was listening to it with headphones and you know, it sounds like you were really in a hospital in the emergency room with maybe some of the, uh, some of the doctors being called for and things like that. And it, he does a fantastic job, seriously. I mean, so, so you're actually acting in this thing. I, uh, yeah, I guess we could say that. Awesome! Wow. I'm gonna, um, it's there we go. Now. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, top of the queue, baby. Nice. <laughs> it's and and the uh, it's it's broken c s e a dot com slash feedback is is the website for okay. the uh, for the show. But yeah, it's um the first season. I think there's there's a little over a dozen episodes. The first season was really cool. He actually, you know, he had other people in the uh, he, he had. Other podcasters, I think. Actually, what's really cool, um, there's a spinoff audio show of it called Beta Flight, and our own Mike Sims, KY Comic Guy, is a character called The Router, and he's actually been on an episode. There you nice. go. Nice. So are you oh, playing nice. Baron Von Schlong or who? who you, <laughs> you know, you will. You'll, uh, it's in your guilt. You'll, That's what he should be called. <laughs> uh, there you go. Snark. The no, there's uh, the Nice. Very nice. Uh, all right, Gentile. No, it's... Um, <laughs> he is quite gentle. It, ooh, you would know. There's, right. uh, Especially with my you caressing. Might, you, might, you, you, you might realize who, who I am when you, when you hear me, but... Um, I'm 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 on there for more than a couple minutes, so I'll say that. Awesome. All right. Great. Cool. Everybody check that out. It's awesome. I'm done pimping. Now, while we're handing out assignments, I have to read Lock and Key. Um, Tom Morris thought it would be cool if jumping off that 70 great Marvel, all-time greatest Marvel comics, he thought that we should throw together a list of our own. So for next time, if you can pick a couple... Marvel comics that you think represent favorably represent their entire output for 70 years will bring them to the table. How's that? doesn't have to be detailed, just two or three comics that you think are for, whatever you want to do, that represent the best of the best of Marvel comics. I already finished my list. Oh, wow. Yeah, but yours was seriously flawed, though. Ooh. <laughs> 
have you guys been able to keep your eyes on the on the quote no. unquote as they've been released? No. No. no, I'm not looking at it anymore. Oh no. boy, it's not happening. It's, the latest uh, three just came right, out. Right, it's bleed. Oh no, what are the last three? Forty nine, forty. They're up to number forty seven now. So it's uh, forty nine is. Uncanny X-Men 136... Uh, no, sorry, it's, uh, it's a scroll error. <laughs> 49 is Dark Avengers number one. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 48 is... Uh, let's see here. Uncanny 136. Which what is, I don't really wait, have a problem. Uh, that that's is... Death, death of death before, mm-hmm. That's the one right before Death of Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, but it's the cover of Scott holding Gene in his arms. That, that's yeah. that's a good one. I mean, if it, uh, that's fine. Yeah, uh, and and number forty-seven, which is a book I actually do do like, but it's I don't know if it belongs on this list. Infinity Gauntlet number one. Yeah, <sighs> George Perez. No, it's not. Dark yeah, it's number one. Uh, Dark, uh, yeah, Dark. I take Infinity Gauntlet over that. In, well, in a second. It, well, it's, since it's, last week. Serious, uh, so, Sir, Dark Avengers number one as one of the top fifty Marvel comics of all time. They should burn the servers that that list is fucking stored on. Can't wait to see what you would. I would. I would. I would be. I would be embarrassed if I were Stan Lee. I would be on an airplane to New York, getting ready to kick what, the fuck out of Stan Lee should write just imagine why should, a good fucking list. I, 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 you know, I, why would Stan be upset? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> well, I don't get it. He'd be doing it for Jack. Right. There you go. Uh, apparently, it's, our I, buddy Alec built a, a voting worm and has his computer running all night long because Moon Knight number one of the Charlie Houston run made it on the list at number 64. Oh, for Christ's sake. Uh, you know, War- we should actually, we should send them a thank you note after all this is over for, for giving, giving us, us good content? material. Yeah. yeah. Well, Civil War number two was number 63, uh, which means that I presume... One must assume that if number two's on the list, that many other issues of their own list. Civil War number, let's see, New Avengers 25 is on the list. Um, now here's Vince for you. Oh, see, yeah. fanta- they throw Fantastic Four number five of all things in in at number sixty, which is great. But it's like, why? How does how does how does that get sandwiched in between House of M number eight? And Captain America number one of the Brewbreaker run. I mean, I, House of M is on that list. <laughs> oh, twice. It's two, it's twice. 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 Holy. Two, it, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Number uh, eight makes the list at number. <laughs> numbers. Wait, Vince. Here you go. Number seven makes the list at number fifty-four. So if if number eight was number fifty-nine and number seven is number fifty-four, one has to assume that House of M possibly all all eight maybe on this list when all is said and done. Wow. This, this may. Uh, be the biggest embarrassment in the history of comics. <laughs> oh, I don't know about all that, dude. And, and if and if you have voted for House of M for this list, don't don't listen to our show. Don't I'll, tell us, I'll don't do Chris. Tell us. Maybe Bendis has it in his contract that at least one of every one of his books has to be. All right. So so are we going to yeah. start taking bets on what the uh, the top ten as voted on? Well, see, I, I think the top. You know 10 what? I think that's better than. Will be okay, right? I think the top ten will be a lot of the things that uh, we would expect: I, Amazing Fantasy, Fantastic Four. Number I don't one. think you can say that with any kind of confidence. Oh, no, maybe not, not based on the shit that's been on this list so yeah, far. I, I think no. you're, I think you're going to see Civil War number one. You're going to see, 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 one. You're see um, the, the 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 New Hulk number one. 
World, World oh, War Hulk oh, number eight. Oh, Ajita. Uh, <laughs> um, Dark Hawk oh, number one. Ooh. Um, Sleepwalker. Night Thrasher. Or, <laughs> Wolverine Origin number three or whatever it is. Um, oh, you just threw down the gauntlet Scrolls now. Still, Bloodstone bro. number two. Midnight Suns. You see, the thing is, I, if if Moonshadow's not on this list, it's a crazy list. I mean, even if you want to do contemporary comics, Moonshadow's one of... Have you ever read Moonshadow? Mm-hmm. J.M. DeMatteis? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic series and a high watermark for Marvel at the time when they were just starting to branch out and doing the epic line. Why isn't that on the list? House of House of M. It's good fine. lord. It's, well, did they publicize that they were going to be doing this voting? I never saw. You know, it's, they run they, they, it, no. they run twenty goddamn house ads in every in every comic they produce. I never saw that they were going to be doing this at Marvel dot com. So not that it matters. I mean, my life. My yeah. life is not going to be impacted by this list. It just cracks me up that you, House of M number eight is going to get in there ahead of probably a thousand comic books. That 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 that's <laughs> a hell of a lot more than that. Oh, e- e- if, I was being conservative. Yeah. Uh, and if you stare at the list too long, you'll bleed from the anus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've counted. I think I've it counted back to six, anus. six, maybe six comics on there so far. That uh, mm-hmm. that that I'm like, yeah, the, uh, that needs to be in the top seventy. It's, well, uh, let's, yeah, definitely. Let's just, this man, this monster, definitely belongs on that list. Let's not just bitch about it. We can actually facilitate some change to ourselves and our listeners. If you go to the website, they are having because it's the 70th anniversary. After this top seventy comics, they're having another bunch of top seventies, which include on April first, voting begins for the top seventy covers. Uh, so we Again. can vote for that. Yep, House of M. I'm sure will be one through eight. Uh, on June twenty, on June twenty ninth, the top seventy characters begins, and uh, I would expect Wolverine to uh, be the number one. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Uh, on August uh, or September twenty eighth, the top seventy moments voting begins, and uh, some somebody better send Michio Kaku a message because we've just discovered a wormhole to Bizarro Shit Planet. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well done, well done. So, so go you. ahead and vote next time out so we don't have to have this list. But. Yeah, and if you want to talk about it more or vote for your own top 70 Marvels of all time, come to our forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com, and we'd be happy to hear you. And that um, House of Mystery autographed copy by Matthew Sturges of the First Trade is still going on. We will probably announce the winner next week, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we need to do that. Oh, so we, yeah. We've had... We've had a lot of people come and join the forum, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a good thing. Got a lot of more buddies to, to pal around with, but uh, if you'd like to win it, jump on our forum, register, and post a, hey, I'm over here message, and you'll be in the running. Because nice. we'd like to know who you are. We don't like anonymous Oh, and uh, just because then we don't know who. J- just to piss yeah. Vince off. Um, go vote. Just go vote in the uh, in the the top seventy at the uh, at the bullpen bolt or bullpen bolts. It's the eleven o'clock um, forum. Um, see, it, it actually comes up as bullpen bulletins. Yeah. Com. Legacy. Um, but we need to have more votes for Daredevil number one eighty one because <laughs> it is my personal quest that it top uh, Fantastic Four number forty eight in. 
in mm. our official forum poll. So, Jeez, I just lost a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's a it is a great issue, yeah, and, and you know what? Yeah. All all of the uh, the Nismanites are going to get on there and vote for it, even if they don't like it. They're going to go on there. Yeah. Did did, yeah. did you like my message? Whenever uh, my little message yes. next to that one, uh, when I voted for it on the forum. Yep. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you, nice. Vince. <laughs> I don't even warrant a comma. Bonavolioids. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll yeah. all be... Um, Vince, what, what is your favorite Marvel comic of all time? I'm assuming... Fantastic it's, Four, uh, number, uh, I'm a, Fantastic Four, number one. Number one? Okay, I was actually, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually thinking it would be 48. Uh, n- that's probably number three. Okay. Respect. Yep. Respect. Yeah, Avengers number four would be mine, but that's a great issue. It is. It's in my top seven. It is in my top yeah. seven. You know what else is in my top ten? And it's it obviously uh, I'm not going to try and throw it for a loop, but it's not something you would ever see on a top ten Marvel of all time list. And it's completely for personal reasons. People, do you remember? No, do you remember when Marvel published the magazine called Comics Book, Comics with an X? It was published in 1974. I was what? I was nine years old when when it was published, and it complete. It was like a two by four to the back of the head to me. A, a, a comic book published by Marvel, in association with Dennis Kitchen, who we all know from Kitchen Sink mm-hmm. Press, that was nothing but adult, explicit underground comics. Mm. It, it was my first exposure to Art Spiegelman who had a uh, ace hole midget detective story in there. It's one of the best things Art Spiegelman has ever done. It has stories by Basil Wolverton and um, Howard Cruz's barefoot, what barefoots was in there. Kim wow. Deitch is in there. It's, it's like a who's who of seventies underground cartoonists and Marvel of all companies published this thing. I bought it off the newsstand cause there's a really cool Peter Popalski cover and I opened it up at home. There's boobs in it. There's swearing. There's uh, counter con- counterculture elements, counter and it just totally, yeah, yeah. It, it just totally flipped me on my uh, upside down and just showed me that you know there's a lot that can be done with this medium. And I was nine years old. I was so impressionable. Comics book number one is one of my favorite Marvels of all time. Sounds but it, it, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, it, it they published three issues, and I guess it wasn't making enough money for them. So Dennis Kitchen picked it up with issue four and five, and then no more after that. But it's really explicit. There's like funny animals screwing in it. It's awesome. It's, it's so good. Speaking yeah. of uh, avant-garde uh, uh, artists that you obsess about, uh, I, I can't believe we went two hours without you bringing up the pictorial of. Uh, in Wired magazine of uh, of your new favorite LCS worker, uh, Olive. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little cutie, isn't she? She is pretty I, cute. I, I gotta give her I, props. Yeah, I don't know what Gary yeah. Packer looks like, but he makes good babies. <laughs> She's uh, he's 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 not a a stunning dude, but he's an <laughs> average looking guy. But I, I would like to get close to her just to see if some of that mojo rubbed off yeah. on me. For know? those people that don't know what we're talking about, Wired magazine did a feature. Uh, in the latest issue, I guess they're starting a series where they're going to be looking at different jobs or careers that are geeky or techy or whatever. And they've started it off with comic book store workers and previewed, I think, was it seven or eight different uh, comic book employees that work in different stores on the East and West Coasts. 
And what's very cool is our buddy uh, uh, Raf Suhu, uh, Raf Radia for uh, for those out there. He he was in it uh, in profile, but uh, but mm-hmm. I, so I, I read the article because I knew Raf was in it. and I wanted to check him out, but then lo and behold. There are seven rather geeky-looking dudes, as you might expect, and then one real cutie alternative chick, and her name, as we alluded, is Olive Panther. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's a coincidence. And then, sure enough, it says daughter of Gary Panther, who, uh, as we all know, Vince has uh, lewd and lascivious thoughts about every every season. The the second most important comic book artist in the history (laughs) of the universe. Preach, baby. Say it. You get me. So, I'm getting all squishy now. So, uh, uh, East, Co- East Coast and uh, and West Coast, huh? That's uh, wouldn't want to stop down any of the fucking flyover states, you fucking elitist cocksuckers. <laughs> I think you guys get enough attention these days because we're awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, I think your president is. Uh, no, I better not say. No, it. let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> oh, it's my president now. <laughs> well played. Yeah, like I didn't vote for him. Nice. I did. I did. I did. All right. Hey, that's enough. We're, we're we've overstayed our welcome yet again. Uh, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Right, right, people. Absolutely. And absolutely. And, and, and uh, unless, we, we unless will... you read Scott Pilgrim, then fuck you. Oh, and, 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 and voted on the Marvel poll. <laughs> The vitriol. And <laughs> speaking I can smell of, it. Of, of overstaying our welcome, uh, Tiki, we're, Freaky Tiki, you got to get back on the forums, buddy. We haven't seen much of you since New York Comic Con. Yeah. I don't know if you've been I think busy. He's busy. Yeah. yeah, but we miss you, bud. I mean, get, get, what'd you guys do to him in that room? I know. I'm, well, I'm he showed up he today. Yeah, no, I know. I know. But Something I'm saying, I hope... just brushed up against my leg. Something. He, Something. he sh- showed up today <laughs> to call me a douchebag. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, Love you. <laughs> he did. Great to see Mr. Tomio back too, Jay. It's good to see him. And yeah, some yeah. of our uh, other formites. If if you haven't He's been around awesome lately, man, pop in. It's it's always good to to hear from you. We have a hell of a lot of fun on the forum, and yeah. it's very explicit at times. So mm-hmm. come join us. Yeah, not very safe for work. No, no. All right. In your travels, try and read Bean World because it's that good. Improve right. your life. Yes. Come on, it's better, it's better pick not up the a of bullshit from you. It is not. <laughs> Would I bullshit you, my buddy? Uh, read, uh, read, read, mysterious, the unfathomable. I read the oh, second I issue. Didn't the, the, the second issue kicked the ass. I loved it. Did number three come out today? Negative. No. Okay, I was misinformed. Right. Damn it. Um, that piece of shit Gotham Gazette came out today. <laughs> We, we should be paying. They should be paying us two ninety nine to take that thing. Nice. Oh, is it a sequel to Battle but for Bloodhaven? I don't want to know about it. Nice. No, I'm, I don't want to know about it. Chris, <laughs> uh, uh, read Lock and Key. Uh, if you, well, you know, if, if you're not, if you haven't yet, then there's nothing. There's nothing else I can do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I will read Lock and Key. Yes, indeed, you will. Two, two things that I want to talk about at some length next week if we have the time. Read, so over the next week, read Jack of Fables and BPRD. Oh, you got caught up on Jack of Fables? Well, I wouldn't say caught up, but I read the first two trades, and I read the first two BPRD trades. So, uh, highly recommend okay. I'll leave the rest for next week. You know, uh, right. um, Jack of Fables, you know who draws that? Tony Akins. Chicago's own. Chicago's own, and... Windy City Comic Con. Had to get one up, man. <laughs> well, Vince, I don't Tell know. Tell them about the date. 
you're not reading Jack of Fables, it's it's there are lots of of naked hotties in in the book. Lots of boobies, right. but none of them are beans, dude. Oh, uh, that's not true. You there is be- Miss, Miss Legume. <laughs> See that? You tried to get me in the nut shot and it backfired on you. Good for you. Is there really a Miss Legoma? Now I'm all like, wait, is there? Wait, let me check. Let me not look too silly. But there is a beanstalk, if that helps. Oh, there you go. Beans, beans, beans. All right. We'll see you next week, people. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Peace. Oh,